Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. It is not Nick and Matt, it's episode 101. This episode presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Go check them out, CosmicDiscGolf.com. I'm sitting here, um, not in studio, with Evan Kearns, who's the uh, alternate host tonight. Evan, how's it going? It is going good. How are you doing? Good. It's been a uh, weird spell. Spell. A lot of time. I've been like out of the past 40 days, maybe like 30 away from my house. So wow. it's it's really weird for me. Like this was my first day of work back in the office and like what felt like six weeks or something crazy. I mean, I've worked. feels just anyways, I'm out of sorts. That's how I'll put it. So uh, and we've got intern producer Ben in the house actually in studio sitting next to me we could high five what's up what's up ben? what do you got for a background tonight warp zone, <laughs> warp zone. we'll the get some new backgrounds soon the people always want to know yeah so we've got a great show lined up tonight missy gannon will be in the house um in fact i'm pretty sure she's got a professional hairdresser just for the show tonight we'll have to ask her about that <laughs> Um, but she won't be on for a while. So if you're someone who likes the quick hitting interview, I'll be nice now and say, come back in about an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> and she'll be on. Um, but, but don't, but here's the reason not to do that. Cody Kirkland, you may recognize the name from SFO. He had a hot round. Do you remember that Evan? He, he was on lead card or chase or something, right? Yeah. And you're showing your age there, Matt. It's the OTB open now. Oh uh, but God. yes. He was crushing it out there. I mean, it's it's so hard to tell what's lead and chase cards nowadays with live just covering everybody. Yeah. But he got a lot of live coverage. Uh, very notable event for him. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that. I think we're going to have to do a game in the future. What did this event used to be called? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll be like, which version of the MVP Open? <laughs> Vibram, Maple oh, Hill, that's all good. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good... Uh, I'll have to hold a stat or fiction for that. Okay. Like, when did Macbeth win his first event at yeah. maple hill what, what was, was it, called? it called Ooh, that's yeah, a, yeah people like that's that. a good one we like that yep mm -hmm. um so can i ask a question while i was away did were there any notable wins that maybe was just like a little bit ironic or coincidental i think his name was calvin <laughs> calvin heimberg everybody every time i leave the studio and am not able to do a show somehow he pulls off a win <laughs> I think, did you text me that or was that Ben? Nick. It was Nick who texted me. I don't me. know. Somebody did. Us. They're like, Matt. The fans were angry. You're away. And he did it again. So congratulations to him. That was a way ago. I just found that ironic. Um, I'm kind of filling the people in a little bit here because I want to give a shout out. I was in uh, South Lake Tahoe. So Lake Tahoe, never been there before. Um. The terrain is just so different than the East Coast. Evan, you, you've been out there? Yeah, earlier this year. Okay. Like actually Lake it's, Tahoe or just California? Yes. Lake yeah. Tahoe. No, no, I, no. I don't think Lake I Tahoe, that. yeah. Yeah, it was, I combined it with the, when I was out in Vegas in March, we did the show and I was uh, at Vegas, flew out the next day up to Tahoe, skied a couple days out there, up at kind of the west side of Tahoe, northwest maybe, but on the California side. Okay, so I drove up there. Like, I, I ended up doing... So when I came down, I came down Reno, down the East Coast side of the lake. And then when I went yeah. back up, I went up the West side, which is California. Yeah, so I mean... Mm -hmm. But you Yeah, agree. you would have drove right through the town I was in. Yeah, it's, it's the beautiful. The terrain I mean, is way different. 
I went to school in Colorado, so it's it, it is kind of similar to Colorado, okay. although like Lake Tahoe being the lake it is is ginormous and Colorado doesn't have anything like that. Um, but as far as the mountains, trees, all that feel feels similar to that, but it's incredibly different from here or lots of other parts of the country. So anybody who's out in that neck of the woods, I played Zephyr Cove, which was more I hate to say it this way, but it was it was the like uh devons of here in the sense of like <laughs> yeah everyone that knows devons is like wow it's a horrible course no i'm kidding it's fine <laughs> but the cliffs and like throwing down hills and up hills the elevation change but put that in like the lake tahoe area with all the terrain it was just beautiful very up and down hills very cool great views of the lake mountains everything then i played another one called bijou and i want to give a shout out to a family out there um They'll know who they are. Shout out to Jason. Um, his son, Luke and Nate, are into disc golf, and they have been, but not until fairly recently, but they are, like, really into it, playing at a high level. Jason's been playing a long time, and then Jason's future son-in-law, Ridge. By the way, cool name, Ridge. Ridge. He was back cool. in Vibram days. He could throw the Ridge, but <laughs> <laughs> very cool family, and uh, got in rounds with them, and it was just, like, very welcoming. The disc golf community... If anyone travels around and plays disc golf, and I mean the touring professionals are there, but I mean like even just as a normal <laughs> individual, you show up somewhere and I almost missed league. I was like, I want to hit up a league. And I was like, I'm going to be late. I have no contacts to find anybody. And I'm like three minutes late and I jump out and they're all at hole one. And I'm like, did I miss league? And they don't even know who I am. <laughs> they're like... Oh, who are you? You know, I'm like, oh, dude, I want to play. And they got me in, matched me up with someone who's going to play Cali. The whole point is, like, it's so cool. You all, next thing you know, you're playing disc golf, and it feels just like you're at home in the sense of, like, your disc golf community. It feels welcoming in at home. So very cool. Shout out to all of those. Uh, very cool opportunity there. So I was out there for work, lost a little bit of money on the, the casino, <laughs> blackjack. I was up for, like, three hours, Evan. Like up Ooh, playing house nice. money. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, it's getting a little late. I'm just going to start going aggressive. Like maybe I'll like cash in here. And nope. Lost it all. <laughs> well, that's what you got to do. I mean, if you're an honorable person, you'd rather almost lose it. So you don't have to do all the whole taxes nonsense. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I felt like. I was just like, yeah, might as well just go for broke here. That's you know, what I did. With... I counted as entertainment fun after my work trip, which is what that was as a work trip. And then, um, Last week I was camping in a tent with my family. Uh, when's the last time you slept in a tent, Evan? Ooh, I mean, I used to a lot. I last year, I think was the last time I was out in Colorado and Utah. Very cool. Okay. Uh, very but, cool, as yeah, in like I, cold or? <laughs> no, it was. I mean, it was summer. It was very hot. It was like a hundred degrees out there. Uh, it was kind of the Moab oh, area. Yeah, you're it just was laying in bed, sweating. Very, very hot. Actually, that's the hat I'm wearing right now, which <laughs> okay, is kind cool. of funny. But uh, no, we were kind of in the trees a little bit. So it was like still like 80 degrees at night. So it was hot, but uh, very cool terrain. Speaking of somewhere that's totally different, that area is totally different than New England and kind of the California Mountain West. It's kind of like its own atmosphere there. Mm. Not atmosphere. That's not the right word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the ground version of that. <laughs> so before we move into full disc golf talk, which this is our small talk around the disc golf community, like what we're doing, but I want to shout out one more time. I mentioned Jason out there in um, Lake Tahoe. 
And he reached out and he's like, hey, we'll take you out. We'll play around. I've got a pontoon boat. Let's get you out. We brought Simon oh, out when God. he was here. And I'm thinking, what are the chances I get out on the lake while I'm here for work? It was spectacular. They ordered pizzas. We got out on a boat ride. And Ben, you will never believe. Yeah, I saw it. No, I don't know if you did. Oh. He brought a cooler out on the boat. Oh. And he opened it up. And guess what was in there? Fish. Izzy's. No. Yeah, and I said, did you know that's like what we drink pre-show? He's like, no. That's what I get paid in, drinking is in Izzy's. <laughs> so we drank the Izzy's down and the pizza, and we were in Emerald Bay, which apparently is like the number five photograph spot in the world. And we're just like putting around in Emerald Bay. And he's like, see that little island there with that little like tower on top? That's where Simon was for like the release that Jomez is going to do coming up like this off season. And I'm like, I'm lucky, man. So, anyways, thank you, Jason and family. That was spectacular. Um, just driving cool. around the lake. Yeah. All right. So, we talked quite a bit here. Uh, we did have an event that happened, a few, but we're going to talk about Ledgestone. Massive payouts, first of all. I don't know if you have stats on that, but I want to, before you get into it, $150,000 donated to charities um, from this event. From this event. I mean, where have we gotten to? That That is massive. So anyways, had to get out that out of the way. Good job, Nate Heinold and team at Ledgestone. Evan, go ahead and give us a review of what you thought of this event, what stats stood out to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit short on my recap here, so I'll try to do my That's best. That's great. But, I mean, Be Ricky sure. Rysaki, I was long-winded. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Rysaki <laughs> takes it down on the MPO side. That's his third straight with a nice asterisk there. Uh, his third straight win at Ledgestone. Oh, that of is course, an asterisk. You know, Last year was the tie between him and Calvin Heimberg. Um, still counts as a win in the record book, but we all can kind of think of it otherwise. Um, but it was a very close race up until the final round. And then about halfway through, Ricky's just like, nah, this is mine. And was like up, up six strokes, I think, at one point. Finished with, what was it, a five-stroke win. A uh, very dominant performance by him. Uh, he's looking great getting back leading leading into worlds which we're getting back to emporia mm -hmm. uh, you got to think he's the favorite at this point uh and moving over to the fpo side we saw missy gannon and as you kind of said she will be on the show later but she picked up uh her third elite series win uh that includes the tour championship when she had last year and des moines which was our first which we're coming up to this week um and she also had a big win. It's her largest, let's say, tour win of her career, including Silver Series. Uh, and she won by six strokes, which is incredible. And she kind of pulled away late as well. And both were super exciting uh, kind of tournaments with a winner kind of pulling ahead and not making it super exciting at the end. But uh, I think it was still mm. fantastic. Mm. That, you know? We're still gonna, had all the excitement. Right? We're, we're going to talk to her about that and see how she rates this for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. it, yeah, I, I started looking at it. I'm thinking I'm going to ask her a question or two. I mean, the chat can give us some here too. Like, where does she rank this in her power rankings of like competition she's had? You know what I mean? You start looking at the field and she's just beating. She beat all the best in the world. There's nobody missing. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, sorry. I mean, Evelina, right? Um, you know, Hannah. But like my point is like, yeah, uh, the field was there. I mean, the field, really what people want to hear is, yeah, was Paige, Kristen, and Katrina there. And they all were. And, and Haley, a major winner this year. Unfortunately, not That's placing true. well. But, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I mean, she was there. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, it was only her second time ever beating Kristen Tatar. Um, and wow. I, do I have it in my notes about the first time that she uh, beat him? Because that 
beat her, excuse me. Um, it might have <laughs> been just, a D- Des Moines we're just last year. Around now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was at Des Moines last year. So both of her standard Elite Series wins uh, have come against Kristen Tatar. So, you know, there's not really an argument there. Have they been good wins? Because uh, beating Paige, Katrina, and Kristen Tatar is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you happen to have in front of you the you, you probably said this and I was looking trying to hook up get Ricky on the show tonight last minute I don't think it's going to happen but did you happen to say the payouts for this I think that the MPO was getting like what seven or ten thousand and then third, second was seven thousand third was like yeah four. let me load it up right now so Ricky Wysocki took down ten grand yeah and uh, Missy Gannon took down eight grand wow. um yeah both I mean very very good it's not uh missy gannon's largest career cash i'll tell you that <laughs> off memory because <laughs> the tour championship will definitely beat that um but even ricky that's got to be one of the highest i could uh actually sort right here if we uh kind of hold on for 10 seconds but like i would it, yeah tied for his second highest worlds in 2017 uh funny enough in emporia which we're talking about soon was his highest at 12,000. he's had three other at 10,000, which includes a tour championship win and 2016 worlds well, you got Dion, your partner there in the chat, holding it down, saying $125,000 oh, nice. total in payout. So massive payout. I can remember back in the day, and I'm going back, and I'm calling it the right name, the Vibram Open. <clears throat> I think there was like, oh, we have like a total purse payout of like 50000 I'm like, that's massive, <laughs> like fifty grand, you know? So, uh, yeah, payouts have come a long way. In fact, I think you did a stat or fiction at one point where we talked about like who had like the largest payout of the year or whatever. And it was, I think it was obvious that it was Missy or something at the time, but like, I, what do you, do you have that in front of you? Like what's her, her career earnings now? Like, is she, is she doing well? Missy Gannon? I could pull that up. Uh, uh, maybe not career. Maybe it would be, you know, the past five seasons or something, but like either way you could, t- you could give me that if you have it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a few different options. I mean, so in her career, she's earned $118,000. Yeah. Um, wow. And then from just 2022, it would be 29000 which that includes the 8000 she just won, which doesn't even top last year's tour championship, which she yeah. got 30000 But still, <laughs> uh, I mean, for disc golfers, 29000 a year is a lot. Last year, if you take out the tour championship for Missy Gannett, she was at 37000 So now with a lot of big paydays still coming up and we have one more elite series, we have worlds, we have throw pink women's and then two playoff events. And then also the tour championship. If Missy takes one of those down and then plays as well, I'm sure she'll beat last year's minus the tour championship. Okay. I just thought of something and maybe you have more to say about the event. So I'll let you do that. But Ricky getting the three Pete, if you will, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest and fair. Like, I feel like we've all talked along the way of, like you said, asterisks. Like, I feel like all of us were in like some sort of agreement. Like it, okay. You can have the win if you want it, but it wasn't a win. And so you're telling me had Calvin won, we would have said back to back. Like, it just feels weird that like if Calvin or Ricky wins, we can either say three Peter back to back. I get the tie. I'm not really sour about it, but my point is like, it just still feels weird, but they're, that's like one of the big points everyone's making. And I don't know if that was born with stat Mando. So no offense there, but like it technically it is. I mean, it shows up as a win for him. I get it, but it was a tie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the interesting part there is when you pull apart, maybe like a, a, you know, our rankings or a standings page. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the pro tour standings last year, 
you share the points. So you get for the disc okay. golf pro standings, Ooh. you get a hundred for a win, eighty-five for a second place. Okay. So when you tie, you merge the two. So that'd be is that ninety-two okay. point two point five? Well, that, so that kind of makes my point a little bit. It's so, like you don't actually so yeah, get the full win. <laughs> they both get less. But then yeah. you gotta think about th- which we're getting a little deep here, yeah, but if yeah. you think about like a stat mando ranking system where the field strength factors in and different events are worth more. Last year, Ledgestone on the MPO side was the best field outside of majors. So when you share that, and now they're only taking 92.5% of the win instead of 100%, uh, which you would if you were a solo winner, 92.5% uh, is probably higher than probably most other Elite Series wins. So it's still a very good win in that sense from a point standpoint. But it, I mean, that just kind of tells you, I mean, you can make anything sound good with stats, right? That's <laughs> it's a kind of our jobs to make, make things either look good or bad. You know, sometimes it might not be the most... I don't want to say most accurate because it still is, but you know, most meaningful. I'm just, um, I was just, but there's meaning yeah. to everything. So I, I, it, I like stats no matter if they're twisting something or not, but, because I, I like it. <laughs> and even if you call that a 1.5 finish last year, <laughs> uh, Ricky's recent finishes, let's say in Peoria uh, in the lead series and majors was first this year. Let's say 1.5 last year, first the year before in 2020, second in 2019, and second at uh, Worlds in 2019, uh, both losing to Paul McBeth. But overall, <laughs> he's the, the best player at the Ledgestone courses in Peoria um, the last th- three, four years. All right. As we get ready to wrap up this Ledgestone, you know, stats kind of review of the event, I just want to say, I mean, shout out to Paul. He's having... He's playing well. He's playing really well. I mean, out of European Open and now this, like, we've seen it before. We're not going to talk about right in this moment, but like Worlds is coming up and Paul won Des Moines and then he went and he almost won Worlds. We all saw what happened there. Like, are we going to have anything? Does Emporia set up well for him? We'll have to take a look at that uh, next week. Uh, Gannon Burr, just super impressive. And by the way, I didn't watch the event Mid-America Open, right? That's where everyone was starting to say he was taking so long. And I know everyone's hypersensitive to it now. But I didn't feel that way watching this final round of Gannon. Did anybody else? Well, well, hey, Matt, did you see what Gannon Bird was saying? I think it was on his social media. He said he wanted to improve interview. it. Yeah, he said he was aiming for 20 seconds or less on yeah. every single throw. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I agree. Watching Mid-America, it, it, it felt slow. I mean, we can talk about how that card was five holes ahead of Chase card uh, at Mid-America. Uh, but at Ledgestone, it it felt normal. I, like, I, I was there like... I was like anticipating it taking a while and it was, it was not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And then I, these are the final shout outs for MPO side is Anthony Barella. When he's at an event, you can expect that he's going to have at least a hot round, maybe a course record and possibly be in contention. And this was the case with this event. I mean, great job for him. Corey Ellis, Matty O was great to see performing at a high level. Again, we could go on and on. Uh, so anyways, that was that was great for them. And then just, again, the FPO, the most amazing, impressive thing to me is the fact that Own uh, is just continuing to show up and Missy. They're both doing really well this season. Um, Own doing, in my opinion, just slightly better, although this win is a big deal here. Um, Lisa Fake is showing up. Kristen Tatar, not happy. She posted social media. She's not really happy. She says, I know you guys are saying, hurrah, your first event in the U.S. in a while, and you you know get a third place tied for third. She goes, but it felt horrible. And while being injured still. She's yeah. still not feeling great while throwing backhand hyzers, I believe. But, and I know a competitor doesn't want to hear this, you beat Paige, you beat Katrina, 
You beat a course record out of Alexis, like the meaning of the player who did that. Uh, and on and on. You could go down the list there of impressive players. So anyways, it was a spectacular event uh, as far as the courses laid out totally different. I don't love the fact that we miss half of the round at Northwoods. I do not love that, but it is what it is. Yeah, especially with FPO finishing their final round. I it, it It's really unfortunate that the final round is only cut in half. If it's a middle round, it's a little bit more lenient, uh, in my I opinion. I but I would... I would, I mean, you don't want them playing too many courses and obviously there's big fields, but I wish you could figure it out where MPO finishes at Eureka and FPO finishes at sunset because sunset set up so well for those women. It was exciting. Both those middle two rounds. I want to see that as the final round. However, it can work. Sure. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about this great, great product that I uh, used last night before I climbed in bed. Now, before everyone starts trying to figure out what product that is that I'm using before I get in bed. Um, yeah, uh, we'll just let you uh, not think about that. Hempfield Botanicals. Here it is. This product, Hempfield Botanicals. It's in the box in this one. It's out of the box in this one. So I can actually use it during the show. Nice little pump bottle for your general aches and pains. If you don't feel good, you don't play well. And I'll tell you what, this helps you feel better. You play better. Um, I caddied for my son yesterday. Both of my sons played in a tournament. My eight-year-old beat some grown men at an event. It was pretty awesome. He made the podium. And I'll have to put a picture up. Uh, let me see, actually, real quick. I'll do it while I'm talking about it. And if you're listening live uh, or listening on the show, you'll have to check back in here. Because here is a picture. Let me get it up there. There we go. My eight-year-old, look how small he is compared to everybody. He made the podium beating, you know, full-grown men, throwing as far as they can. And he's just, he's way more consistent. He's just, he knows how to throw a Frisbee. So, I can't. I'm glad he's, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm glad I'm not facing him because he is good. I know, I want to put him up in an event with you. I'd be, I'd be proud for him to beat me, but also would be like, "Uh, did that really just happen? Yes, so, <laughs> that's cre- what this. Credit. That, that's cre- what that credit. guy who tied him was feeling. There was a yeah, few cre- funny comments he made. There was one where like Tanner laced a wooded fairway, and he goes, "I'm gonna try to throw better than that." And he goes, "And if I do, he's like, I will celebrate." And he goes, "It's gonna be hard to celebrate against an eight year old, but I'm gonna try." <laughs> it's just if, like if there's if there's something he's good at, it's piping wood shots. Yeah. I'm so impressed. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah. my point on. is, I caddied for him, and. I was carrying the bag. I wasn't throwing, but my my legs and my arm, I don't know. I was throwing the Zephyr with him after the round a lot, like in an open field. And anyways, my wrist feels like it flared up, tendonitis. Um, I used this last night, and it feels a lot better today. I want to feel better. I want to play better. Hempfield Botanicals will help you do that. The chapstick, as Nick always talks about, being one of his favorite products. I needed this, and I used it the other day, and it was wonderful. Uh, I think it's my go-to at this point. I don't use that... Uh, Bart's bees anymore so <laughs> check it out 20 percent off hempfieldbotanicals.com it is a great product they support the show if you're using a different product try this one for your next order 20 percent off is significant you'll be supporting our show supporting a disc golf i want to say disc golf company they are not a disc golf company but they are invested in disc golf so let's support them all right it's nick's birthday evan that's why you're kind of in the second seat here but do you think we should throw out his phone number and like prank him and be like, here's his phone number. Everybody say happy birthday. <laughs> you know, on one side, it would be cool for him to get that many messages pouring in. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be thrilled with people, you know, middle of his next tournament round, just being like, you're doing great, man. Or what's going on? I know. He would probably <laughs> and, uh, like, he would laugh, he, but he probably couldn't he believe it. Might have to get a new number. Dude. <clears throat> All right. I should have figured that out before the show. But anyways, happy birthday to Nick, everybody. That's what's going on but there. 
what people can do is drop it in the chat you know there you go the chat or message yeah. him everybody go yeah. message him right now on like instagram yeah, or something yeah he has instagram and facebook twitter just add yeah. him a lot yeah drag him and into maybe, drag him into the Macbeth brody thing all the time do it every time yeah tag him and hunter at every possible moment <laughs> every single time because there's there's nothing going on there and those guys are cool with each other <laughs> all right okay so we've gotten to the point in the show where i'm really excited because we're going to be talking to the son of somebody that we had on earlier in the year which was really interesting interview and i think we have a, another intro i know we do because i'm going to learn a lot here as well Cody Kirkland, everybody, we're going to welcome him to the show now. Cody, how are you doing, man? Welcome to the Nick and Matt show. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Can you hear me all right? We can hear you fine. The sound looks good, Ben. Yes, sir. Okay. And look at look at this. Twinsies. Wait, why? why? Why are we twins about? Just the headsets? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ben. Oh. oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so now I'm, now I'm stumped on what I'm going to say. You didn't come on the show like your dad with spinning the disc on your finger, but I'm sure you're able to do that. So yeah, should should I have been should I have been piddling or something? I'm not oh. sure. Oh, we're gonna have to get into terminology here. I'm a disc golf guy. I don't know about piddling, but <laughs> okay. Excuse me. All right. So first of all, we're having you on because a lot of reasons we feel like your name came up earlier in the year in disc golf. Congratulations! It was the OTB Open. That performance was. I'm assuming we'll talk about that. It seemed like it was fairly good for you. Um, you're coming out of what my understanding is uh, an ultimate background, uh, primarily or as of late. But this event that we're bringing you on specifically, just to set it up, is the World Flying Disc Federation, which is, I was explaining it to Ben, our intern here. I said, this is the PDGA of like disc sports. Like the PDGA is like the, like the subcategory organizer. World Flying Disc Federation is like, all disc sports fall into here. This would be how the Olympics would like file like for a sport and all of that, like for disc golf or anything. Yep. So totally. Okay, good. I got that right. And so you <laughs> yeah. you won an the overall champion, if you will, of all the disc sports that were available at this championship. First of all, tell us in the simple version, like what was this event? Because I'm like stuttering over it. What was this event sure, you played yeah. in? And then um, tell us how it, how it played out for you. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the overall is um, seven events, including disc golf. So there's, um, I'll rattle through them. There's obviously yeah. depth each sport, but I'll rattle through them. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. There's disc golf, um, double disc court, uh, which is my favorite of the disc sports, um, kind of like partners tennis um, in a way. Um, distance, again, pretty straightforward. Uh, accuracy, pretty straightforward. Then um, discathon, which is basically a race through a course. Um, where the disc has to travel through the course and your job oh, is to get through so it as cool. quick as you can. Um, freestyle and uh, freestyle, which is, you know, trick catches, uh, delaying a bunch of tricks um, and self-caught flight, which um, you may have done just for fun sometime, yes. like throw, throw it up and try to catch it with one hand and see how mm -hmm. long you can get it to stay up. Um, but yeah, self-caught flight is um, kind of the, the more official version of that. What what so are you those, using? Yeah, what are you using event. for frisbees, like or discs, like in, like let's say self caught flight, like what what are you using for that? Um, so we're actually using some people throw fastbacks, which are older uh, ridge discs. I can. They're in the genre of like a Sonic, right? The end of a like they're in that genre. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got like okay, this, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. like ridge here. Mm -hmm. It's pretty light. We also throw. You may have seen this before. This is a Lynx um let me see if you can see yes. that 
Yep. And links. They also throw condors. These are like 130 grams or so. Okay. Um, so they float a lot, right? They're they're great for a self-caught flight, and they go far enough that you can get get decent time. 130 grams. As well. okay. Yeah, exactly. So lighter. Um, I know some people used to throw like the old the old pearl rocks from like the <laughs> 80s and 90s, like like really light ones of those. But those are generally the common choice. They're like condors, lynxes, and fastbacks. I was throwing a zephyr yesterday. If you ever seen that, an end of a zephyr and the zephyr. I, yeah, I think it was 170, and I was trying to throw it up into the wind, and it was working. But yeah, it was coming down a little fast. But the zephyr is commonly used in discathon accuracy. Um, as like the main disc for the wow. Yeah. So you said you wanted to just hit on those events really quickly, mm-hmm. but I really would love to start breaking down some of those. But sure, but before we break them down, just give like the I won speech because I want to know like what the overall deal like. How does that work? They count all of those events together. You played all of them, and then they do a point system. Like explain that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, each event. Um, I can explain how it was done for this one. It varies a little bit, but mostly the same. So. Um, let's say you play disc golf, um, you go through two initial rounds, then a final nine, and uh, first place will get 50 points, second place, 49, third place, 48, down down the road, right? Um, okay. Same for the rest of the events, right? So self-caught flight, the winner takes home 50 points, second place, 49, third place, 48, um, with the assumption that the number of points just has to be more than the number of competitors you have, right? So if you have... right. 70 competitors in the overall you make sure you have 80 points for first in each event okay something like that um but yeah that's generally the scoring so you can't really have too many events where you do bad or you're going to be out of contention for the overall title pretty quickly so yeah the overall title is just the culmination of all those all those point totals okay and i looked at the score and let me see here i've i have it on screen Am I correct to say that you won by one and a half points, which if you break That's it correct. down, like you said, by like more or less positions and players, mm-hmm. one and a half points over seven events. That's incredibly tight. I mean, yeah. you were both in it to win it, but you were able to eke it out. Was it exciting finish? Like, did you know and did you have one more event kind mm-hmm. of a thing? And like, how did it play out? Going into the uh, I, OK, I guess I'll give I'll give you the, the two minute version. Sure. So, I mean, go, going into the going into the second to last day. So it's a six day event. Um, first of all, so six day event, we're competing every day from probably 9am till wow. six or 7pm. So it's, it's a long day every day. And you got to do a lot of switching, right? Like, go out there and do three rounds of distance, and then go do discathon right afterwards, right? Totally change your discs, change what you're doing. Um, you know, change shoes, figure out what you're doing. Um, but yeah, going wow. into the second to last day, um, I was probably not in a great spot to win the overall, I was probably looking to finish second or third. Um, and we're going into, I guess, the discathon semifinals. Um, and at that point, uh, the person I beat, by the way, by a point and a half was Chris Horn. Uh, he was in eighth in discathon, and I was in ninth. Um, and in di- the discathon semis and finals, I jumped from ninth to first. I ended up winning discathon, and he went from eighth to eleventh. And that kind of opened the door for me to have uh, mm. really a chance to win the overall. Um, and even then, still to win it, the last day, which was the finals of DDC uh, double disc court. Mm-hmm. Um, I had won the uh, preliminary pool. My partner and I had won the preliminary pool, so we got to choose our semifinal opponent. Um, and wow. for me to win the overall, I had to win DDC, and Chris Horn, who I was competing against, had to not make the finals. Um, if he made the finals or I lost in the semis or the finals, um, he would have won the overall. And so my partner and I picked Chris's team in the semifinals to make sure we had kind of control over wow. my own destiny for the for the overall. So we, wow. we, 
we picked them for the semis. We beat them in the two out of three. And then we won the finals in the three out of five. Um, and that clinched the overall by a point and a half. So yeah, if I'd lost the semi or the final there, uh, Chris would have been the overall winner. I am intrigued by the differences in this section of disc sports, like the collective of them. Like I'm intrigued, really intrigued, like strategy of picking opponents and everything. That's really interesting. But I want to be very clear. You are a world champion. When it And how do you express that? Is it the overall? How do they say that? Like, what would you say? World yeah, flying disc. Um, uh, yeah, probably the WFDF, you know, WFDF, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, world overall champion. I world think overall champion. So, Te- yeah, technically also the world discathon <clears throat> champion and uh, the world double disc court champion. Okay, you brought it up that way. And I was going to ask is, do you feel like the overall title is bigger than an individual? Um, yes, definitely. Wow. Okay, yeah. so well then you then you've done it. You've reached the top of the whiff diff, I guess. That's pretty cool, man. That's inc- incredible. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. and to right. follow that up real quick is if if you finish second in, in every single uh, sub activity, which of course I know you needed to win double discord to get it, mm-hmm. but let's say the scenario played out where if you just finished second in everything, you would have won. Would you rather have that to be the overall champion than let's say win the two events you did, but then come in second overall? Yeah, I mean, I think the overall title, I mean, it probably just depends on personal preference, yeah. to be honest. I think the overall title is probably the more prestigious one. Um, I would say Double Disc Court is the event that I've played the most of and that I am the most passionate about in those in those in in that discipline. So winning that title is probably just as meaningful to me, but it's also my first world overall title. So I, <laughs> First, I, uh, I love it. Yeah, You're a competitor. Can't, can't, can't turn my nose up at that, and I'm pretty happy with that. Also, we had on um, John, John Kirkland, and your dad and you were able yep. to he has this title is that correct uh he won the world ddc the the world the wfdf ddc gold so basically what i what i won this last <clears throat> weekend um the overall but also the ddc he he won he and i won the ddc together in i believe 2010 or 2011 wow so just <sighs> This this interview could go on forever because I mean there's the intricacies of like growing up with the the history of your dad and I'm sure you're aware. I've by got now. a lot. Of, I've got a lot of frisbee lives. If we you know okay. much you want to talk about Matt, right, we'll 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 do a separate show um, on on some of this. So you said double disc is your favorite, and just in full um, disclosure here, I actually play and enjoy DDC, but I haven't done it in years. Like. I don't even know five, six, seven, eight years. I haven't done oh, wow. it, but, okay. but when I had done it, it is super fun. Like I, like you're, you're saying it's your favorite. And I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, we got to fly Cody up here and we got to <laughs> play the game because like super fun. Like as yeah. you explained it, it's, I, you said like tennis, I feel like, you know, you could say a lot of things, volleyball, but the idea is it's the back and forth with a team. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of intricate, cool little rules of like, don't have two discs on your side. Two discs are flying. It's, it's really cool, everybody. So check it out. YouTube it. Um, it's, that's it's awesome. It's the most like electric and dynamic disc sport by far. Like it, ah, it's, And it's it super has, light. It They're like 105 weighted uh, discs, yeah, right? Or frisbees. Like 105, 110. Yeah, yeah. right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to explain to me more discathon because to me and the fact that I have kids on top of it, that mm-hmm. sounds extremely interesting as well. Explain this. I think I've heard it before. But there's a course set up like mm-hmm. you got to go around this and under this and like so explain how that is. How long does a course usually last? Like what's the timeline yeah, or whatever? The course is about a kilometer and typically um, 
depending on the difficulty of the course, good times can be five and a half minutes, could be six minutes, could be six and a half minutes. Um, so the it's uh, speed. Yeah, if you're <laughs> familiar so with cool. like mandatories and disc golf, yeah. it's basically like there's a ton of mandatories. So it's okay. right of this tree, left of that tree, between these two trees, over that branch, all of these marked the same way mandatories are marked, right? So we have arrows on the trees indicating where you have to go. Um, and so the disc has to progress through the course as quickly as you can, right? So it has to go right of that tree, left of that tree, right of that tree, through those two, um, over this branch, out and around that one. And how you do it is kind of up to you. So, you okay. know, if you're feeling creative with your throws, maybe you're going for really fast rollers around corners to save mm. yourself time. You're going for big loopy shots, or maybe you want to run it, right? Maybe you just want to like dink, throw a bunch of short little passes yeah. and sprint and just run after it, right? Mm. So you can kind of play the sport how you want to, um, depending on your skill set, which is, I think, one of the one of the cooler things about it is that there's a diverse like uh, set of options as mm -hmm. far as how, how you want to get through it. But yeah, the disc just has to go through the course. Um, the only other real intricacy is that there are um, tests in the middle of the course. Um, tests? Basically, yeah, <laughs> okay, I mean, it it's basically us. like you get to this line, right? So you have to throw from behind this line and you have to succeed in this test. So maybe it's get over that branch over there or get around that tree over there. And generally this is a little more difficult than the regular okay. gates. Um, and if you fail the test, you have to go to a penalty, a, an extra gate, basically. Like it's okay. it's going to penalize you in time by having to go extra distance. Um, so again, like you can really just try to like fire through those tests and like keep going and just keep moving. But if you miss them, it can be very penalizing because you have to um, retrace your steps, go back through there, and then uh, make sure you make the other mandatory as well. So um, <laughs> generally a few tests in the course to make it more challenging, but you can either throw or you can run or you can do both. There's there's a lot of different options for for how to succeed in discathon. I'm over here, and Evan, you're not in studio anymore. I'm over here mouthing the Ben, which by the way, yeah. Anyways, Evan's there. I'm here now. I'm but, here. And Ben's here. <laughs> I'm mouthing the Ben. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, Sign oh, us up. So uh, yes, I'm coming I have, for your title. Yeah. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Intern Ben. All right. Actually, we should just pay for Ben to do that. We'll document the whole thing. It'll be, be excellent. Awesome. Okay. Well, it'd be like I always say for the Olympics or anything else, there needs to be the average Joe like going up to show how hard it actually is. Like, I want to see Ben do DDC, like all these things. So, okay, accuracy. Well, first of all, I'm going to have to follow up and figure out how to set up my own um, discathon course. Like, it sounds amazing. Literally, like I'm excited thinking about how fun that might be. It's and he's really like, fun. These really like fun. tests as you put them, I'm like, that's mm -hmm. so cool. You hit it first try, you're like, yes, like advantage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, accuracy is that like a bullseye that gets put out there, and you throw whatever discs you want or frisbees, or is there like a specific? Um, you can throw, uh, you can throw like ultimate discs, like ultra stars. You can throw zephyrs as long as they're mm. under. 162 grams, I think. Okay. So they have to be kind of light zephyrs. You can also technically throw like polecats that are under 162 okay. grams. Um, so I think it's that category. I don't know the exact qualifications, but you can't use any, like you can't use like AVRs or anything like okay, that. Okay. Um, but they set up, it's it's hard to describe. There's basically a structure mm -hmm. that creates a rectangle you have to hit, mm -hmm. um, like a rectangle up in the air. Mm -hmm. And that rectangle you'll have to hit from straight on. You'll have to hit from like 75 degrees angled right to left. You'll have to hit from 75 oh. degrees angled left to right. Wow. And you'll have to hit from different distances. So there's like 15 meter, 25 meter, 35 meter um, distances. And it's just about um, four throws from each station. How many can you hit? Um, so very, very specific, very demanding. 
wow. I'm I'm literally taking a note right now that says, how do I sign up? Like, as in, like, I'm thinking, like, this would be something in my life experience that I would like to do. These all are exciting to me. I grew up with the Frisbee, thanks to my mom. And, like, I think everyone understands with Frisbees and the way I talked with your dad about it even, like, Frisbees, when you first were introduced, were so cool. And, like, everyone would come up with their own games. But this is, like, a formal way to compete. It's it's That's awesome. Uh, so that is really cool for accuracy. Self-caught flight, I think is how you say that. Or it says SCF here. Yep. Um, that's just literally what it is. It's Is it time aloft? Or is it, like, what so, is Yeah, there's, there's two halves. So one half is time aloft, maximum time aloft, um, where you're throwing it. The, the timers okay. are starting starting a stopwatch when you release and you have to catch with one hand and they're stopping the stopwatch when you catch. And it's just about how long can you keep it up there, right? So it's just maximum time. The other half is called throw, run, and catch, yes. ERC. And that half <laughs> is how far can you go? So you have to throw from this circle, you have to catch with one hand, and we measure distance. So how many meters did you did you travel between throwing and catching? I know what um, our next YouTube video is, Ben. <laughs> yes. We're going into a field. And by the way, I tried this on my family vacation recently. I think we used a Sonic, but it was max weight. So the point is that's even hard to do. But mm -hmm. for the listening audience, and I'll let Cody kind of chime in here, it is way harder than you think. I mean, like, you, you're running as fast as you can and you overthrow too easily. You're like, I threw that way too far. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I will balance. say SCF <laughs> is, mm, has like the most art to it of any okay. of the disc sports is what I'll say. Like, wow. I'm, I'm sure as a, as a disc golfer, you have to pay attention to wind, right? Like, oh, it's coming here. Yeah. Maybe it'll lift me a little bit. Maybe it'll push me down. Like try to keep track of that. You know, right to left wind, going to carry me. With SCF, you have to... So if you throw directly into the wind, you actually won't get a very good flight because you won't get really any left to right panning. It'll mostly just kind of come up and come right back down. Right. Um, so you have to throw either just left or just right of the wind. And how far just is um, will vary depending on the strength of the wind. And it's there's there's a lot of like artistry and skill in terms of picking the right angle and the right height at which to throw to get maximum flights. Because what you're looking for is not just, you know, disc goes up and then comes back down. You're looking for disc goes up turns flattens lifts glides and <laughs> yes. then ideally it's like coming this way by the time you're catching it okay right? so like the if you can really get like the perfect shot that'll just turn just left of the wind stand up across the wind ride you'll yeah. get, that's how you get the most time or the most distance um but it's it's very fun it's 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 just an electric sport it's so much so fun everybody you, wants you to know how far how far can you uh throw and catch uh, my personal best, uh, throw, run, catch. Actually, I got it this year in the, in the tournament. I okay. 84 meters, 84 well, meters, 84. And if we're doing the math for the Americans, 250 ish, 250 ish, like, yeah. 270, maybe 260, 270. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's yeah. just again for our next YouTube video. And Evan, you can be a part of this. We're going to go out in a field. We're going to stick a marker at 260 or 270. We're going to see if we can even go 30 feet. <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know about that but uh, cody i have one more question on that topic is you said you kind of go about 80 meters how far how, like what's the apex of the flight that you're kind of aiming for like i know that's kind of harder to measure but if you could kind of estimate like how high in the air it's also going that is a good question um i'm not sure i'm not sure i think i think it also depends on on how fast you are right in terms of um trying yeah. to back that down so i mean if you're if you're really fast you can run the 84 meters in like maybe 11 and a half 12 seconds that's probably usually the best case scenario since you're not really coming out of it like you're coming out of a sprinter's block right mm, um, yeah. 
So you have to make sure you give it enough height, but it will vary a lot depending on the wind, right? So if there's um, if there's less wind, I think generally you can go um, a little higher to give yourself more time. Mm. Um, but when there's more wind, you can go a little lower because the wind can help it help it stay stay airborne. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to hard to estimate, but really higher than you'll throw any golf shot ever. Okay, yeah. that was my next question. So that makes yeah. that kind of helps paint the picture. Yeah. yeah. All right. Basically. Think of like as high as you could realistically still throw pretty hard. <laughs> that's about as high as you're throwing. Okay. Interesting. So just quickly, I think I saw on the list here, but I don't know if it's accurate or not. Cause they're only showing like, I think it's only showing 43 in this list. I found how many competitors were there at this event? Um, I think total there was like 85 competitors okay. or something like that. Okay. Um, not everyone does everything though. Um, that's kind of like some people will show up oh, just for, okay. there's a large following for freestyle. For example, a lot of specialists in freestyle will show up and compete. Okay. Um, some specialists for golf will of course show up and compete. Um, not necessarily, um, uh, you know, like the, the top disc golfers in the world or anything, but right. like, you know, lo locals to the course, locals to the area might show up for that type of tournament. Interesting. Like, I feel like, is that like, I don't know. I don't even know the skill level of disc golfer there at this event. Obviously you have a well-rounded talent to be able to do that we've seen you this year um yeah. but so i don't even know like if i went out and played that this is a question i mean do i have to be a part of the wfdf the WIFDF? like do i have to be a member to play nope 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 you do not uh, how do i sign an, up for this yeah there's an entry fee for the tournament um i mean the website is where you where you register the WIFDF overall <laughs> website so cool, is where you man. register. Um, yeah, you don't have to be any specific member. You can just sign up and play. Division-wise, um, division-wise, were you in a division or is this open because it's overall, like it's just open? So everyone, uh, all the men will compete um, by default in the open division, and they can also compete for their age-protected title. Okay. So that would be, um, I don't remember if it's 40-plus or 35-plus for, for Masters, then 45 or 50 for Grandmasters, 55 or 60 for Senior Grandmasters. Um, so you can also compete for those age-protected titles, um, but by default, you are competing for the, for the Open title. Okay, and so like if there was a junior, though, he would play in the Open title, but there might be a also, junior division? Yeah, okay. correct. They could mm -hmm. also win the, that junior division. Yep. Awesome. And does this happen in San Diego every year, or is it this the year of San Diego hosting? This is the year of San Diego hosting. Hmm, yeah. Okay. So um, Let's bring it up to Maple every, Hill. Yeah. Every couple of years. And I mean, similar to disc golf, it's just about finding oh. organizers and people who yeah. are willing to put in the time and effort to, to make the event happen. Um, but let's see. In 2019, it was in Richmond in Virginia. Man. Um, the last time I competed was 2012. It was in Santa Barbara. So it was nearby, also in California. Oh, so you haven't played since in 10 years in this event? That's correct. Yeah. No, I last competed in 2012. And were people like, who's Cody Kirkland? Or is it like your dad? They know who Cody Kirkland is. I mean, that's like, what, what was it like? Um, I definitely have recognition in <laughs> okay. those circles. That's okay. what I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I expected that. I mean, in all seriousness, shout out to your dad. I, I, I don't know if he's mm -hmm. listening or watching, but I am just, I love the history of the sport. Being able to talk to him and have him on the show is just something that I've talked to many people about. I'll say, hey, if you're going to listen to one of our episodes, go check out that one. Just because like, there's so much in the origination, if you will, of like the Frisbee where and all everything that's related to it. And if they, if people enjoy disc sports or disc golf, I really believe they'd enjoy the other aspects of it as well. And so that's why I'm so glad you're telling us about it. I have to know with freestyle, I mean, nothing by this, but it looks funny, but yeah. impressive. Like it's because mm -hmm. there's an art to it that I don't fully understand. 
but it's impressive. And where where do you rank that one for like? And I'm laughing, but where do you rank that one for like your disc sports? You said DDC was number one. Yeah, freestyle is probably one of my worst events. Okay. I don't really. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't practice too much freestyle. I, I will say, I think the the people who are good at freestyle and who do it, who compete at it, like year after year, um, probably have like better understandings of spin and angle and um, like disc dynamics than any other disc sport. It's it is incredible what they can do. Um, and I, I will say like my skill level is such that when the top players are doing freestyle, I'll be like, whoa, that's cool. But I won't really understand why or like totally <laughs> okay. what, like the aspect of what, what makes it so amazing. Um, but you can you can check on YouTube for a bunch of cool freestyle yeah. videos. Uh, James Wiseman was one of the guys who won um, the gold at, for freestyle at this tournament. And he has a bunch of videos on YouTube um, that you're welcome to check out that Seriously, I think freestyle is so much fun to watch, and you can you can learn a lot um, by watching and trying to understand what's happening. Am I wrong? And again, I'm disc golf like strong and that's a play on words, but like I, in my mind, I'm disc golf and like Juliana Corver. She does freestyle. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Like I've seen it a lot. I believe she. Um, I don't know how. I don't know okay. if she's still freestyling much, but she did um, for several years there. <laughs> put a lot of time into freestyle and okay. into improving her skills there. Yeah. Came out of retirement from like all that Frisbee for the Frisbee side and came back to disc golf and uh, she's doing well. Doing pretty well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Julian Julian is a great person. And I would say you did well with freestyle too. I mean, you told me a little bit about the point system and it looks like if I had to guess you weren't worse than 10th, like in freestyle out of 40 something. So, I mean, you're still doing well. I I, I did all right. I had, I had a very good partner who's pretty good at freestyle and partners. Yeah, it's partners freestyle, um, okay. and so he he gave me a lot of good tips and helped instruct me, and I got a really good compliment afterwards, which is Cody. It looks like you've been practicing, which is um, you know very high 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 praise. I'm like, yes, I haven't been. That's that's how I know I did well. <laughs> okay, um, so go ahead. I got Adam. something, Matt. Yeah, so out of all your um, kind of just like athletic playing with frisbees if mm-hmm. uh, kind of hard way to put it sure. uh what how would you rate the percentage of your time in each one so like is disc golf 50 percent of mm. all disc related athleticness from you disc golf is probably at this point like 15 percent. yeah i was just throwing out numbers just yeah to, just to yeah. G- so, give it but so yeah I'm explain gonna, more I'll, I'll give i'll give a real quick rundown so sure. um I grew up. I grew up playing frisbee. Obviously, my dad played frisbee. My mom played frisbee. Um, I grew up going to these overall tournaments. Um, by the time I was old enough to play, when I was eight, I played in my first overall um, and really focused on a lot of double disc court. So, between the ages of maybe eight and uh, nineteen, pretty much mostly double disc court, a little bit of ultimate, a little bit of disc golf. Um, I guess some disc golf in my teenage years, but a lot of double disc court in the overall events. Um, and then when I started college when i started undergrad i started playing ultimate pretty competitively and so from about 2012 when i was 19 um to about 2020 um i played ultimate pretty much full-time right so i mean i was playing college season when when i was still in college club season i was playing semi-pro um when that was available um just playing as much high level ultimate as i possibly could so ultimate was taking up all of my time all of my energy all of my focus um for those years and then uh, in 2020, Ultimate kind of died down more with um, obviously the pandemic and group sports and team sports and travel was all of those things were kind of out. Um, and some friends of mine 
kind of from ultimate invited me like oh you want to go play disc golf and i'm like oh yeah i've still got my bag i've still got my old disc <laughs> i'm down to go play and uh kind of fell back in love with it so i've mm. been i've been i guess doing a lot of disc golf for the last couple of years now um with the exception of the last maybe month or so where i was preparing for the overall but otherwise mm. disc golf for that time wow all right so disc golf's about 15 percent. you do, do you are you back to playing ultimate or are you back to playing other sports just kind of quick yeah 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 so um I am not playing ultimate competitively this season. That was a conscious choice I made um, because I wanted to uh, compete on some of the pro tour events and do some focus on disc golf and see what I can do. And realistically, there's not enough time for uh, full-time, full-time job, right? Um, full-time job, ultimate competitively, disc golf competitively, um, married, have a dog. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a busy life. So I, <laughs> I chose to prioritize disc golf uh, this year over ultimate. So not playing ultimate this year, but um, not sure what I'll do going forward. Man, but we want to do everything. I'm married with four boys. I know, right? But the yeah. thing is like with my four boys and I'm asking these questions because in my head, I'm envisioning the fun. Like we were throwing a Zephyr, like I said, a Zephyr and that's rare. It was in the player pack, which was cool. And we were just in the field throwing it back and forth with my eight-year-old and my 12-year-old. And I'm like, this is it was legitimately a good time. And I'm thinking as you're describing these, like we could be doing that together at these events. And like, I want to set up a discathon course. I want to teach them double disc. I want to teach them so, all these things. Like, this is awesome. Uh, one more question that I have just interested in. Um, where, where is this at? Like, I feel like, and I'm in the disc golf scene, it's becoming massive. And I realize I'm in it. We're talking like there's, 230 or more now plus thousand members right and like the events are filling up and massive payouts like compared to disc golf like where is like an overall championship like this lie like is it like much smaller but yeah. like i can yeah. see it's more prestigious but i mean is it much smaller yeah i think it is much smaller just in terms of the audience and the following right um yeah. i won't speak too much of the history of it as obviously i wasn't alive for a lot of it but i mean we'll call the, the overall was yeah, exactly. The the overall was very popular um, in the 70s mm. and 80s and, and 90s and probably um, has not seen the same type of growth that disc golf has in recent years and even Ultimate has, right, in the last 15 years right, or so. Right, right. I, I think they were probably occupying, you know, similar levels of, of cultural importance and uh, True. disc golf had kind of gone off a ramp into space, right, <laughs> and ult Ultimate kind of as well. Well, and to be, yeah, I mean, to be fair, you're right. I mean, I remember your dad saying, like, what event was it? They filled a, a football stadium, 50,000 plus people to watch in person. That's never, we haven't even tapped close to that in disc golf. So, I mean, I just think it would be incredible to watch even ESPN or anything to watch all of these sports be played out uh, spectacular. I, I think it's awesome. Are any of the players here, you said, you know, your name obviously is is known, but like, are there players that people follow in this sport of like, all these discs the seven that you brought up like are there people that are known like well known um i mean only probably i don't, I don't think probably outside of the community okay. right so probably just within the overall mm -hmm. community or i mean obviously freestylers mm -hmm. within the freestyle community mm -hmm. have have the same um okay. notoriety um so i mean within their disciplines there's people that are well known but sure. probably not outside of them. sure Where, where's your million dollar contract your world champion now we got to get you that so <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing yeah, that's a, that uh, yeah that's a good question we'll we'll see when the uh, when the overall commands a million dollar contract that'll be the day we we have to 
I say we like now I'm like a uh, ambassador yeah, for your sport. It, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. but I'm like, we got to make it happen. So I think it would be really cool. Everyone that's listening in here. I, I don't know how, but like, how do I, I, I don't have the time to organize an event, Cody. And I hate it because I always tell people, like, if you want something, do it. But like, I probably have the time to pull off and play an event mm-hmm. like this, but like, I don't have the time to create it. Like, how do we get an event out here in my neck of the woods? Are there people doing it? And I just don't know. Like, how do I find that? um there are possibly people doing it um i don't know for sure i like i said i, t- I took a 10-year break from the overall <laughs> yeah. so i've been i've been I, as as disconnected as, as you reasonably can be from the organizational process yeah disconnected exactly <laughs> um i could put you in contact with the people that are generally running it uh, you come out and- your dad comes out and we'll get a handful of other people and we'll just do like an exhibition and say, this is how it's not played. Matt, go ahead <laughs> and be like, no, here's how it's played. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but anyways, no. yeah, it was fantastic having you on. I feel really educated on all of this and I'm uh, honored to have you on the show as a world champion. I felt like people needed to know that's I, I, like, I felt like this was something to be shouted. Like it's not just disc golf, everybody. I know that's what we are as a show, but like, disc sports the fact that he won the overall world champion title and i know it's it's a joke and there's this is rhetorical in nature but like paul Macbeth probably would not probably would not have beaten cody kirkland at this like you can't just be he's not just good at disc golf he's doing it all it's very cool very awesome um is there anything we missed that you wanted to shout out or say or inform people of we'd love to let you do that um shout out to the the winner of the with diff women's overall uh diana elsner she Great. competed really well all week, um, had a fantastic tournament, and I believe that's her first overall win as well. Just wanted to shout that out. Yes, and I'm seeing that in there. She won by six points, which is fairly mm-hmm. close, it looks like, against Amy mm-hmm. Schiller. And so I guess that brings up one last question for me. We're seeing in the disc golf sport, and it's been over, I've been playing 15 years, it's been a while coming where the women have been really trying to grow that, you know, mm-hmm. grow it, grow it. And then a lot of collectively, the whole sport trying to grow the women's side. And then mm-hmm. the pro tour making a very large investment to make sure that there was equity at payouts, um, as, especially right. at you the finale. Yeah, especially yeah. at the finale. Um, and we just saw Missy Gannon win, you said 8,000, right, Evan? Yep. So, is just just out of curiosity, how is that comparable? I don't mean payouts, but I mean is it it's less women, um, yeah. but it's still an investment to try to grow that. Is that what you're seeing? Like, or is it just it just I don't know. Explain that. What is it like in the this side of the sport? Yeah, no, I mean I think there's there's certainly uh, less less female competitors mm-hmm. um, than than male competitors mm-hmm. for sure. As far as like opportunities to grow that, um, you know, similar question to. How do we see more overalls or how do we get mm-hmm. them in your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. which is, you know, need people, people and resources yeah. and time and energy put into it, um, which is n- not necessarily receiving at the moment. Um, but that would be that would be great. Obviously, the the investments by the Pro Tour, the investments by the PDGA, the um, promotion of of women's disc golf has been has been phenomenal. And that's been like a, a great change in, in recent years. Great to see that growth. I keep saying last question, <laughs> but it keeps prompting me to think so like you're probably familiar with the disc golf side enough. You know, the name Steve Dodge. Uh, I know the name. Okay. I'm not sure. I know much. He more. was the, I'll say the inventor of the disc golf pro tour. Okay. When okay. It, he was the one who said, we need to do a tour and we need to make it a stage for players to show off. He, so picture him as, I don't want to say the father, but the father of the tour, if you will. Okay. Yeah, and not the right. national tour, but what has become today, he was the origination. Okay. 
is there anybody in the overall side of this, like all these disc sports, that's that mover and shaker, the person who is really pushing to make this big, or is it just kind of being what it is? I, I'm, I'm trying to envision how we make it massive. Like, is there yeah. someone really pushing hard or is it just collectively yeah. everyone working together? Um, I would say the person who I'm seeing putting the most effort these days to try to grow the overall is probably Rob McLeod. Um, oh, yes. Okay. WFDF. So he is, he's really pushing to grow the overall and try to have more of them and try to increase the popularity. Um, but otherwise, it's, you know, it's a lot of people who have been right. putting on tournaments and putting the energy and the time to make those happen over the years. Um, you know, Rick LeBeau put on this tournament down in San Diego. He, mm -hmm. you know, got the fields, brought all the competitors together. We have people from different countries, people from all over the U.S. It's it's no small undertaking um, just to like put one on. So as far as growing it beyond that and trying to try to improve the popularity, um, it's obviously a, a tough task. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just curious because I was just trying to relate it to what we know is the sport we love, how it might be looking over there. Long story short, you never know. I might close up shop on disc golf and like just start practicing all these frisbee throws. Um, I mean, disc golf's great, but the overall is, is everything. You know, it's a That's bunch what of I'm saying. You got to you got to be good at everything. It's really it's, I love it's it. A great time. I want to host a turn. I'm serious. Like I want to host an overall up here. I say me. I, I again, if I have the time, but like you I want, want someone to host an overall. Yeah. yeah, I want it here. Like so we can do it. I would love to see all my disc golf friends try. We'd all go against each other and give it a go. It'd be fun. So yeah, we'll have to absolutely. make that happen. Um, all right. Well, we've got to that point in the show where uh, we've got a lot lined up. We got Missy coming on soon, and we've got other interesting drama in the sport that's unfolded. But we had to make time. We're so glad that you came on, Cody. Um, It'll be a privilege and an honor one day. If you ever make it out, we always say this. If you ever make it out to Maple Hill, that neck of the woods, please hit us up. We would love to get in a round with you there. If you would be, you know, if you want to do a round with us. Otherwise, sure. Matt, you talk too much. We're going to get in a round. We'll hit you up later. Perfect. No, that but, sounds great. Thank, thanks for thanks for having me on. Appreciate appreciate the invite. Great to, great to talk about the overall a little bit. Awesome. Spectacular. All right, man. Have a good evening, and we'll catch up another time when you win your next world title. <laughs> or Perfect, make a yeah. big splash in the disc golf scene again. We'll do it again. So, all right, yeah, man. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best. All right. <laughs> Congratulations again, everybody. The world champion, Cody Kirkland. Have a good evening. All right. Wow. <laughs> I'm just, this is me. I get excited easily. Like, do you have any interest in those sports, Evan? Or are you like, no, I'm just good with disc golf? You know, man, I, I, I played ultimate when I was younger. And there's just... I, there's too much running for me. I'm going to say that. And, <laughs> and the just do time um, aloft, no single, running. single catch flight. What was yeah, that called? Time yeah. aloft. Time is just throw yeah. it up and catch it. That one, that one sounds tough. You know, I, uh, I think <laughs> I might not be the best at that, but the discathon <laughs> sounds really cool. I like, I almost have to see it in action to like totally believe it. I'm going to um, YouTube like, it tonight for sure. But, Double disc court sounds very cool. Uh, everyone talks up freestyle, and I still haven't seen it, so I, I just can't speak on that. But he, he didn't mention guts, did he? Like that's not in this. Um, no, he didn't mention guts, which is a disc sport. That's interesting, but it's not one of these. No. Okay, that's the one I almost want to do the most. I think that might be too but, too teamy. Like there was like four or five on a yeah. team. It might be hard to do it in overall. That's that's true. Which I was curious about how there was like doubles mixed doubles in i don't know how they break champion. the points but it must just be like yeah. you split the points or something yeah that is kind of interesting it's very cool but yeah i i when i was here in discathon i know you said it too but i could just tell that's that's right up your alley yeah it is and my kids i think would just be like this is incredibly fun i'm gonna uh, do it yeah. in my backyard you know my I, backyard uh, yeah you could easily do it. i mean 
you're going fast so i mean yeah as long as you're not going to trip and you know run over one of those rock walls or something but uh, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> might have to wear like a helmet and elbow pads or something i'll but, do my one yeah, wheel and we'll just throw yeah. it oh my god so that but, was pretty cool man i was just taking notes as he's talking i'm like how do i sign up and anyways i wish it was bigger than it was now because i'd definitely sign up if i knew there was one coming up here so we'll have to look into that all right um Let's talk about DG Max Wax. I say let's talk about it like it's it's a formal thing to do. But this product, this is the clean version, everybody. And I say clean. This is the one that sits on my desk. It's a mini, like the shape of a mini. Smells great. The one that's in my bag, this is not a bad thing. But it's picked up like pine needles. And it's got character. I really I'm like, this is my character, like mini grip. DG Max Wax enhances your grip. Evan, you've talked about this a few times. You don't feel like it gives you more confidence, right? What? How do you describe it? Well, uh, no, it definitely gives you confidence. It's I call it. It's grippy, not sticky. That's kind of my uh, my tagline for it. It 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 gives you the grip you want, but it doesn't feel like <clears throat> annoying. You know, like sticky. I wouldn't want sticky because that would say yes. you're not. You might grip lock it. This I is think what I was grippy, asking. You're confident with. You okay. know, you're going to release it as normal. Just. I mean, it's advertises confident grip, and I say it's it makes me have a confident grip. I feel like the way you described it once, and and I actually think it was really intriguing and interesting. You said you use it for consistency, like hey, like I want to have a consistent, like like if I'm not using it, then it's a little inconsistent kind of thing. I, I don't know. I use it for like the confident, like I need this throw to matter, like I'll put it on. I feel like I need a little extra grip enhancement. So yeah, I see what you say. Everybody Which, uses it for different reasons. Yeah, there's confident and consistency. Confidence and consistency. <laughs> Say that three well, times, man. Yeah, right. But so this product is the mini. It actually can work as your mini. As I said, it will gain character as you use it. That's pretty cool. But then you can also use the snap stick, everybody. It comes in a chapstick sized container and is not chapstick, don't you? <laughs> We've talked about that. Hempfield Botanicals chapstick, you have snap stick. It's different. They have a pink case on it and it's pretty anyways that's nice it fits in your pocket you can just rub it on the fingers and it's great product absolutely good dgmaxwax.com i don't usually disclose the fact that like hey you guys have purchased a lot of this stuff because but i will say this and without saying any numbers because that's not fair to the company you have bought a lot of dg max wax and i want to say from the nick and matt show thank you very much and if you have yet to purchase this product please go do it and use code nick and matt at dgmaxwax.com uh i feel like it's a sales pitch it's like you're gonna love it <laughs> but like but evans use it likes it i use it like it nick use it ben everybody that i know uses it and likes it there are a few that say i'm getting used to it there are a few like and that's true you're, i i changed from like a one finger grip one day to a power grip and it didn't feel right like it takes time sometimes to to love it, but I'll tell you what I like this pretty quickly, and it's now a staple in my bag. DGMaxWax.com code Nick and Matt get a percentage off. Thank you to them. All right, let's do this. We have a little bit of time here before Missy comes on. Um, I think her professional hairdresser is still working on her. We'll we'll, we'll see how that works out, but I know she's uh, getting. Not, I'm joking, guys. It's not for our show. She she said something about a hair appointment, and I'm like, it's not for our show, but I, I have to believe it kind of is. <laughs> so, all right, let's do the quick talk. Ben, I'm opening up the floor for you. Here. Nico suspension. Go ahead. What happened? 
How do you feel? Well, I, I already addressed how I felt on previous episode, but I Where was I? We didn't have a nine month suspension well, episode. Nine I, month I, I talked about Just... how I did No, this has been announced. Nine okay. month suspension. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about it? Was it good? You said something to me in a text. I was yeah, like, yeah, so I think I think maybe so if you read Paul McBeth's story, <laughs> I basically agree with him 100%. I think maybe more fair would have been end of the season. But... but nine months is kind of crazy, but but I'm also proud they didn't do two years, yes. which I expected. That's, that's what you were looking at. You said, I'm glad they didn't throw the book at him. Yes, I, so I, okay. I can't be too mad, but I expected them to go yeah, crazy. you were surprised. I was, I was generally surprised that it was only nine months. But now you want less, just like Nico does. But so you know, wait, saying, can I just wait? Yes. Can I just share a quick story? Yes. So my friend, who's also a disc golfer, he just had a baby boy literally Saturday, and the due date was Wednesday, and and they named him Nico. So I said, "Congratulations," but I'm gonna have to give your baby a time violation for not coming out when he was expected to. <laughs> okay. But, so, l- little tidbit. Uh, Congrats to Luke. Congrats. So and baby Nico, <laughs> congrats, Nico. So all right, so we know how Ben feels, and we know he agrees with Paul. That's another discussion to have shortly. Yeah. But Evan, we've we shared our opinions here on suspensions leading up to it. When you saw nine months uh, suspension, fifteen months probation, how did you feel? I when I heard it, I thought it was perfect. I really did. I was like, that's that's Burns the right amount. It's. I'm not anti Nico. I'm I'm pro fair punishment. Maybe uh, I don't know how to how to phrase that. But when you break it out, it's it's what is it like forty percent of a season? Um, you know, it goes into next year, but it's it overlaps, and so it comes out. I just thought it was fair, but I know we're going to get into it. But then Macbeth. We'll talk about oh, that. Are we, are we getting into that We'll get now, into that a little bit. We will. Okay. Stupid idiot in I, the chat says nine months is too long. And to be clear, now, stupid yeah. idiot, by the way, is the username. I'm being, yeah, I'm being totally polite here. I was like, nine months is too but, long. Yeah, I'll say after <laughs> kind of hearing different sides of it, although like, yeah, it still was bad. I think it could have been about three to six months. But I will say I think this is a great time to talk about. I think they're – there should be two different sets of rules for all PDGA players and then the pros. Okay. If I if I did that on the course, I should get a two year suspension. If I ever do that, I should be gone. No way. You should okay. Nico. I Let's think talk about pro, that a little bit. Three months. Before, three six months. Before. Okay. I was gonna say I feel like, and this is in hindsight a little bit. I was trying to estimate what the PDGA would do, and then versus what I would want if I was like the one making the decisions. And that's an interesting place for Nico too. He has the whole disc golf community like trying to figure out what Nico's punishment should be. That's unique. Um, but I mean, it happens in other sports too. I feel like six months or to the end of the season probably would have been better in my mind. That being said, there's something that doesn't seem to be taken into consideration here enough. And I'm not trying to spread rumors, but I'm trying to say what I've captured and caught uh, for information is that a lot more happened post-clip. Like, again, a little bit of speculation here, but based off of all that I've captured was that it it led through the whole final whole 18, not just the clip we saw. It continued on in some capacity, including even to the point of, like, not talking and leaving, like, when he was addressed following the round. So, like, 
you put all that together and we don't know what was said or maybe it was worse. Like, we don't know. But the point is the discipline committee took everything into consideration, not just what was on clip. With that being said, Ben, it is hard to say, like, is nine months good or not? I mean, what could Nico have done that was worse? Like, we don't, I mean, you would assume it would have came out, right? Had he put hands on somebody. Probably. And so I, yeah, I would say it was probably he, didn't happen. If he put hands, that was my whole argument. But we don't know, but we would assume that it would have come out, right? Yeah, Nick said, well, because Kearns brought up Malice at the Palace. Ron Artes literally punched <gasps> oh, two no, fans. I, <laughs> that and was all Nick. he had a less suspension. I'm pretty sure Nick said eventually yeah. than Nico. Yeah. But it, and here's, here's what I'll say on this, and I'll pass it over to Evan. I just feel like, can we modify and change and evolve to where you know, other sports are? Absolutely. My whole thing was always disc golf is where it's at right now, where this is crucial. If malice at the palace happened at this point in disc golf's history, I don't know if it would be good. It would be bad. Like people be like, what is this? A joke of a sport. It'd be like a lifetime ban. At, meaning like I at this so. point in the history, at this point in the history. And yeah. so I feel like the punishment's higher because at this point in the history, it matters that much more. That's my take. At this point, it matters that much more. I, I'm not here to say it should have been longer or whatever. My point is like, I was convinced the PDGA needed, needed to make a stance on this, and I feel like they did. I don't feel like it was overkill. It is what it is. It wasn't overkill. Nico's going Nico's gonna to appeal it. I would, in some way, if he makes a good appeal, I'd hope they'd give him a little less if it's a good appeal. So, Evan, what are your thoughts on it, like closing out, you think about the dis- disciplinary process? Yeah, I, I just think, like you kind of alluding to, there might be more that we don't know about. For something on the pro side of our sport, how do we not know about it? We should know about it. Ooh, um, this is a good take. And yeah, and like I get the whole process to the PDGA disciplinary committee where you don't know anyone on it. That's like I'm not. It, it, that's not what I'm getting at. It's more of they're not releasing the facts that they went mm-hmm. over. I think the fans deserve to know at least some can of Nico, it. I mean, you can trim it down. Can Nico? Like, can Nico notify the fans of what was said to him? Well, that's the thing is, if it was really bad and was worth the full nine months, then Nico probably doesn't want to say that. I know, I thought the same thing. Right? So uh, if if it's not bad, though, then that's kind of one of the things where, you know, yeah, Nico should come out and say it. But I mean, that, that gets into so many other can of worms. I just, I think the pro side, and I'm going to call it the amateur side, but it does include pros as well. I mean, your local, you know, uh, pro divisions uh, fall into that, where it's like, if if I did this at my local and I, there was somehow a marshal and on my local tournament and I followed them up and went into the parking lot and was still yelling at them. Like, yeah, I should get two years. And that might not come out in PDGA's disciplinary report for the whole set of members to see, but being on the pro side and having so many eyes on Nico, where it is his full-time job, like this is his job. It's not Mm -hmm. just a hobby Mm -hmm. that you enjoy competing in. Like, I think we should have the right to know at least the general idea what happened. Like, yes or no, did it continue on after that? Yes or no, were words exchanged? It's not like we have to have the exact, you know, yeah. play by play for everything that happened. I've, just a little bit more information on that side. And I just thought through this with the live coverage. I have, I'm not going to, everybody, I am not going to abuse my privileges, but I have access to all camera footage. I think it's recording always. I haven't looked. Ooh. But that camera 
I'm pretty sure would have been following, even if it wasn't on live, like it would have been following. They should have that recording somewhere. I, I, I'm saying I haven't looked and I'm not going to look. It's not my role, but I have access to it, I think. And to at least note on that, uh, you, you can't use, I mean, we saw with the, the Paige Pierce uh, possible footfall controversy, which we don't have to get into yeah. necessarily, but they couldn't use cameras for that because it was a, uh, let's say a disc golf play. Yeah. That has to be camera mm -hmm. free. But they did specifically say that this is, you know, uh, disciplinary conversations can include any recorded right. footage. So they used all of DGN's footage. And so I'm assuming True. if there was more that was shown, Matt, that you said you or definitely other people have access yeah. to who would have shared it if needed. True. And that being said, I mean, it was a PDGA official, like an actual PDGA Europe tour manager that he was arguing with. So it's like the, the PDGA has the info they need, I believe. So. That's interesting. Um, uh, that's where we lie. We don't need to talk more about that suspension talk. Macbeth and Brody, a little bit of drama, memes that were making me be like, that is so savage came up last week. If you didn't, if you're not on social media, you probably missed it. It happened for about a, a day and a half, two days, where it came out that Paul made a take on what we were just talking about and ultimately said like PDGA, and I'm summarizing this, go find it for yourself. PDGA would like you to get your full act together. I'm, I'm summarizing again. Uh, but ultimately, like, I, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, here's what I saw in the clip, and it should have been three to six months would have made more sense or something like that. And Brody saw a clip of that. And Brody apparently has Paul blocked because he says he can't see it. So he had to see a screenshot from somebody. And Brody posted publicly, Paul, I saw the screenshot. That was a bad take or whatever. Paul responds with after a number of other memes come out and says, ultimately, I hope you keep playing for Discraft because you have to throw discs with my name on them. And I, that was savage. And so the point here is there was this drama playing out publicly between the two of them. And people are trying to figure out where the bad blood, if there is, came from because they were business partners for a while at Foundation Disc Golf. Yep. Um, I... I'm going to give you my take, and I do not know behind the scenes, and Nick's not here to correct me if he knows differently. My take is that they were business partners. It seems to me as if it was a deal of like, come on, Brody, let's do this together, or Brody really wanted in, and it wasn't long after that Paul got out. All I'm going to say about that is it not because of Brody. I'm not suggesting it's because of Brody, but I'm saying Paul's decision to, to move on to different things right around the same time that Brody came in, my belief is that that must have just been like a bad feeling. Like, man, I just got in here. And I again, I'm not tying this to Paul like doing it because of Brody. I'm saying it's just the timing of it. I believe that's probably where some of this came from. I, I could be totally wrong. I'm just saying like, that's where I, I, you would have to believe. I don't think there's actually bad blood, like intentionality of doing things to each other. I think it's kind of just been like, man, like, you left right when I came. I moved to Virginia. Now this happens. Like, I'm moving back to Texas. Like, you got to believe there's just a little bit of that raw feeling. And so, for what it's worth, Brody came out a couple days later and said, like, all right, high school drama, it's over, whatever. Like, I'm on to bigger and better things. So, well, either of you guys have a take on that? My take is don't get into business with, uh, get into business, maybe not with your friends, but also maybe people you know really well because... Most times when money's involved, never ends up good. That's my take. If you're getting in business, someone really love them, I guess. And don't just do it just because they have a name or or are have money and stuff like that. It, yeah. I think 
I think it's kind of just a difference of short-term versus long-term goals. I think one of them was thinking short-term, what can be the best right now? And one was, hey, let's think long-term, what's the best long-term for either them or the sport? And it just when you have that, it's going to clash. I think it was just different opinions like you were saying, Matt. I don't think the, the breakup, let's say, in the business partnership was – I don't think it was all that juicy. I mean, maybe it was. I don't really know anything. Um, but the, the curious, like the curious part is like, why, why'd you block Paul afterwards? Like that, that tells me there's more to it. And, uh, there's not really much more besides this one incident, which I'm calling the McClapback, by the way, which <laughs> I think is hilarious. Um, that was one of the best responses I've ever seen in my life in the disc golf world. Um, like we, like the NBA is known for like this drama where like KD will clap back fan, uh, fans after something or someone, will do something to someone else. Yeah, no, on his real one too. Uh, but like this one, like, like I don't know. Sometimes you just like this juicy info, and this was one of the ones where you're just like, dang, like that was that was good. Like I hope you keep on throwing discs with my name on I it. Know. Like that's great. Be- no, he says he goes because you have to throw discs with my name yeah. on it. Like okay, Brody's ditching all of his Zeus's now. Like I don't, I don't know. Like that's interesting. Like that, there's a lot to that. Um, but I mean. I, overall i wish the best for both of them and hope yes. that something can be amended where like you know they don't have to go back into business with each other or or make doubles videos together um but just the fact that yeah they're just they're not blocking each other and yeah if they're playing on the same card they'll kind of have some chit chat maybe they already do you know hey how are things you know you know just i, I hope it's at that level where they can at least have some ambical ambical and yes. talks. I have to believe that had they found themselves on the lead card together, like which would have been impressive, <laughs> but had they done that, I don't think you would have seen any issues. You might have seen storylines in the media hyping it up, but I don't think you would have seen professional issues. I don't think it's at that level at, at all. Um, <clears throat> so real quick, before we bring in our next guest, which I'm excited to do, um, I was able to dig a little bit into my contacts. I'm not going to say names. This is not nothing official it's more information on like the suspension and how that works so generally the way this works because i was curious you said like the information should be released right and my source if you will has said that like there's not actually much information that gets shared with the person like so apparently nico doesn't get like here's all the information that's being used for your disciplinary process i found i find that interesting that maybe Nico, I mean, Nico was the person, but Nico doesn't necessarily know all that they're having for their discipline is what it sounds like. Um, so not much information is actually transferred. So when I asked the question, can Nico share what he was informed with? The the answer is probably that he doesn't even have that information himself. So he he can share, here's from my perspective what happened. And, and let me let me also say this. It was also, I was also uh, provided this information just now as well. It's generally put that the disciplinary committee asks, you know, statement from the, we'll call it the accused, Nico. Like, hey, Nico, like from your perspective, what happened? And then the disciplinary committee goes to all the witnesses and set, or all, whoever they want and tries to get more information. They might go back to Nico and get clarifying. But the point is, it's all this back and forth conversation. And then they make a decision. It's not like, hey, Nico, here's all of our reasonings. Why? And I think it'd be really, and I'm again, this is unofficial. Um, information that i'm just taking in and sharing out loud it may not be accurately perfectly accurate but that's generally how i think it's going and to your point evan we'd like to see it get to a different place i think 
where it's like this information is there. It says, here's what we're basing it off of. Like, here's how come and all that. That'd be great. So. It, and I say one more fortunate thing with it is we don't have a lot of disciplinary actions on the pro side. I mean, like our one other example is Bradley Williams. Yeah. That's generally a on good the pro thing. side. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you look at other sports. I mean, look at what the NFL is going through right now. I don't even have to get into it. Like, it's just not like, there's not good stuff happening with the players there and stuff that goes outside the sport that comes into disciplinary reasons. Cause it looks bad. I I'm very thankful that disc golf, it, like I could count the number of like things like that on one hand or even okay. less than a hand. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked about a fair amount there. Fantastic interview with Cody. But the disc golf star of the night, the real reason we do the show, (laughs) we're bringing in the show, everybody. Missy Gannon, winner of the most recent, as in past weekend, Ledgestone Insurance Open. Congratulations, Missy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. (laughs) I've been joking, everybody, and I hope you don't mind. I said she had to get her hair done for the Nick and Matt show tonight. It's wonderful. Yes. I cut it pretty short. (laughs) Yeah, she cut it. Wow. For the, yeah, so Ben says, wow, off camera. Wow. I love it. <laughs> Doesn't every woman want a wow after their haircut? I mean, really? Yes. <laughs> it's wonderful. For our listening audience, you'll have to come out and check it out. It's awesome. She did it just for the Nick and Matt show, right? Or no? For sure, no. <laughs> was this Whatever scheduled? Was this scheduled or was this part of the win celebration? This was scheduled, actually. <sighs> actually, um, it's it's a really cool thing that the um, Des Moines Challenge uh, tournament is putting together. They have a, a barber set up right at the course for touring pros to come and get refreshed and get a haircut. Because a lot of the time we're running around, we don't really know, you know, where how long we're going to be somewhere, and you know, scheduling a hair appointment in there is uh, usually pretty tough. So, um, yeah, it's something really cool that, that they're putting on for the Des Moines Challenge. Wow, cool! That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. All right, to the listening audience, if you feel like she was a little soft, I've adjusted the gain. Just let us know if it's not good. I think we've nailed it now. But um, I, I was hearing you fine. Sometimes it just comes through. Cool. Really. So. Yeah, I have a I have a soft voice. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. You're, you're soft. What do they say? Speak softly and carry a big stick. How about throw a disc really well? How about that one? <laughs> right, right. Like it. <laughs> okay. So Evan, Evan liked that joke too. Hold on, Ben. I'm going to shift. Good. Hold on, Ben. Hold on. I was going to shift the gain back down on that one, but uh, we're, we're just managing things behind the scenes here a little bit. And I pay Ben mm-hmm. enough to do this, but I'm still the Nazi that I am. And I just take control. <laughs> okay. Uh, so how do you rank this win, Missy? Um, who? I, I want to say it's it's number one. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough because um, obviously my first win was uh, Des Moines Challenge, and so that's always going to kind of hold a really special place in my heart. Um, but I think I think the reason why, and you know, <laughs> I mean, of course, I, it's so hard. I've won some of like the biggest events that I feel like you could win other than worlds and other majors but um uh you know the the throw pink disc golf, women's disc golf championship was something that wasn't a major but it, it felt like it it was at you know at winthrop and had all of that history and prestige um playing alongside the you know the usdgc so that felt bigger than i think it was tiered as i guess um 
and then to go back to back with the Pro Tour Championship. I mean, it, it, it would be really hard for me to kind of place any of those wins uh, anywhere in particular. But I think what makes Ledgestone um, so distinctly different is that one, the World Championships has been held there. Two, I think both courses have um, really define what uh, what the best disc golfer should be able to do. Um, we have to manage a, a more open, very, very scorable course with potentially windy conditions in Sunset Hills. And then we have to survive Northwood Black. Um, Yes, we have a slightly uh, shortened layout than, than from MPO, but um, it's still very, very challenging. And so being able to kind of come out of Ledgestone on top, I think really, um, really sort of solidifies a player as uh, one of the players that can do it all um, in my mind. Mm. So that's kind of why this one feels that much more special because of the one, world championships has been there before so it almost feels like i you know conquered that uh feat in a way but uh unfortunately not for a world title you know of course i'm a little bit late but um i don't know so don't you know. are for you're the for challenge. the balanced courses then like you're you like the smugglers notch like like the woods the open you like uh, i mean pick yep. pick the other courses where they do this because you're saying it yep. tends to show like a much more well-balanced disc golf tournament yeah um in my mind yes i i agree i think if you're going to be called the best in the world you better be, be able to know how to play on both styles of courses well you did that so congratulations that we we were i think it was evan maybe i'm throwing him under the bus i think he says she wins when the money's on the line or something it was in a text message or something right so <laughs> What, um, yeah, well, and go ahead, Evan. Well, to go on top of that, like, this was your biggest, let's say, tour win of your career, not just, you know, by notoriety of the event, but like margin of victory. You know, you won by six strokes, you've had a few by like three or four, but this one, this one's bigger than all of those. Like, talk through like how that kind of went in going down the stretch when the lead started to get sizable. Was there a point mm. where you're like, I definitely locked, uh, definitely, lo definitely locked this up. <laughs> I can't figure out my words. Uh, was there a point where you're just like, yeah, this is this is done? Or was there kind of all the way up until that last putt? Um, yeah, it's interesting because uh, I, 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 I felt like through the first third of the course, you know, I or had already kind of lost um, a few strokes, I think. Honestly, I don't even know what the scores were. I just knew exactly what all four of us were shooting on every hole and what I was losing, what I was gaining. Um, but overall, like par, whatever was happening, I don't, I had really no idea. Um, but I, I definitely felt like after hole five, I, on the walk over to hole six, which is a little bit of a walk, um, I, uh, I started to doubt myself. I wrote, I was like, you know what, that today's going to be that freaking day where I'm the one who falls <laughs> off off the pace um and <laughs> that's so horrible my thought really was and and that's not normally like how i think um but thankfully uh although i did kind of go to that space <clears throat> which is not yeah. i ever recommend and i don't want to ever do um 
I was last on the box for hole six, which is like, you know, one of the harder holes, um, you know, it's a par five and uh, it's, I, it kind of gave me a chance to be like, I'm going to, you know, to tell myself like, you know what, I'm going to pipe this shot yeah. right down the middle. After I see my card mates go left, right, you know, hit trees. I was like, no, I'm going to be the one to, to hit this, hit this dead center. And, and I ended up doing that and ended up being the only birdie on the card. And I think that's kind of where I had my turning point. Um, you know, hole six, I was like, you know what, this is not over. This course is so hard and I, I not, but I feel so comfortable on this course and I'm just going to keep pushing, keep playing my game. And so I think, I think there was, I did kind of know that I was um, going to win it probably by like, after I got through hole 14 with a par, um, which is again, one of the hardest, harder holes on the course. I mean, you could probably say that about almost every hole, but um, it's one of those ones that could really uh, bite you if you're off the fairway. Uh, when I got off that that hole with a par, I was kind of like, you know what? I I, I think if I just, even if I parred out, I, I should be able to take this down. Um, and Tom was keeping an eye on the score scores uh he did kind of let me know like hey own and and uh lisa are kind of starting to make a little bit of a push you know but you should still be fine um and so then i just yeah i, I instead of just like i did i did lay up i think a putt on on uh 15 i could have tried to run the circle two putt but i just said hey i'm okay with a par on this one and um you know i think uh I think at that point I, I started to feel pretty loose and um but I didn't want to stop pushing. So that that uh I knew that if it if at the very least I got one more birdie, I was gonna be absolutely one hundred percent walking this in really, really uh nicely and easily. So when I got when I got both sixteen and seventeen, you know, it pretty much was just like, All right, I could do whatever I want on hole eighteen, it's not really gonna matter. It's uh it's all an easy walk in the park from here. <laughs> easy walk in the park from here so speculation says that and maybe stats a little bit show that you play you play better in the second half of the season or the latter half of the season is this that start what do you think about that maybe um it's then something to, there was something to it last year um yeah i i don't know uh i you know it's 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 interesting it's interesting because we do have worlds coming up um, you know, minus the fact that I'm trying to defend my title here in Des Moines, um, world's coming up. I, I did not shoot well at DDO this year. Um, I think, I, I think it was one of my worst finishes this year. Uh, I think I came in like 16th or something. Um, you know, it was, it was very short, pra it was very short practice. Um, and so now that I kind of know the courses a little better, mm. hopefully that'll be be different this come this time around but um i think that'll be kind of a, an interesting little point where i can kind of see if i can do better than i did mm. at ddo um you know obviously i'm i'm trying to win but mm -hmm. at the same time you know not necessarily world's championships that i'm looking forward to um but i uh i'm certainly still going to try to put everything i have into it and Hopefully I can, I can do better than I did at DDO, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I think because we're, we're getting into the more, you know, technical golf, you know, we still have to, mm -hmm. we still have to throw in the open air, but um, 
you know, the wide open fairways and stuff in on some of these courses, but you still have to hit your lines. And um, so, yeah, maybe that's just my, my style of play, but hopefully, sure. hopefully I can hopefully yeah. keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, don't forget in 2020 DDO, you did finish second. Uh, so although 16th might have been not what you're going for, uh, second's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So where do you find your, this is a big question, but where do you find yourself at in your career? You know, like when you started disc golf, like some people don't know you until you were in the pro tour, right? But you know yourself when I started disc golf, where I'm at now, like how much better do you want to get? And I'm not saying like, how hard do you want to work? Cause I think you're always going to do that as an athlete, but like, where do you feel like your ceiling's at? Like, are you like, man, I have so much room to get like way better, like way better. Or you feel like you're like, I'm doing good, maybe a little better. Like, where are you at? Yeah. Uh, um, a lot of, so there are a lot of times where there are some holes out there that I'm, you know, both myself, but a lot of the time Tom likes to remind me like, hey, you know, if only you could throw 40 feet farther, this <laughs> this hole would be a little bit easier um and so you know while i'm no no slouch in the distance game it is certainly something that more and more of these women are are excelling at being able to throw far and i don't necessarily want to be the player that uh can do mostly well on the more technical courses um I, I would like to be more well-rounded in that respect because I think unfor- unfortunately in a way we are, the courses are getting longer and they're getting bigger and it's um, you know, the, the people that have learned how to throw far uh, should, should be rewarded for that. And um, like I said, if you're going to be known to be one of the best in the world, you need to know how to do all of it and throwing far is one of them. So um that's certainly an area that I'd like to focus on, which is really just technique for me. Um, you know, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty athletic. Uh, you know, my build is pretty athletic and I think it's, again, it's just a little bit of lack of technique. Um, and so, yeah, even when I see myself throw, I can just, I can see why I don't throw as far as some of these women. Okay. Um, it's really just, uh, yeah, getting, getting to the field and, and breaking it all down. It, it's hard to do, you know, when you're, when you are finding success with what you have, it's hard to tell right. yourself, Hey, you need to fix something. Um, but you know, there are definitely times where I'm like, dang, like this hole is just out of reach for me. And I, if it comes down to it and, and say a hole 18 is like the, the hole that could, it could all come down to. And I can't even potentially birdie it, but I know my competitors can, you know, that's, never a good thing because a lot of the time it does come down to that hole. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I need to work on my technique, um, for, for, for distance. Yeah. I would say like even in golf and I'm not a big golf fan, but I know that like Tiger Woods, all these players, they will rework their swing, like a totally, what they call totally different swing. To me, it looks a lot the same, but like they'll (laughs) rework their swing. And I would imagine there is a time and a place where you're probably going to say, Hey, if I need this extra advantage, I'm going to have to rework it all. But I'm not suggesting you're there. I was just curious where your mindset was at with that. And I think you gave it to us. Sounds like distance is the kind of the thing, maybe a little bit of technique with that. Um, For sure. So Des Moines is coming up and what's it going to feel like driving or walking onto that property is, will this be the first time you're back since winning? 
Yeah, it, it is. I'm actually at the course right now. Oh, uh, how did it feel then? Driving it's, on. I mean, it's raining. It's kind of gloomy, but you know, short <laughs> because of that. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't be uh, really any different anyway. But uh, um, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, you know, kind of right away we checked checked out hole one is slightly shorter for the women um which i think makes sense there were no birdies on it i don't believe at least not very many last year um but just kind of like checking it out and you, when you step into the parking lot you can kind of see like do a little bit of a 360 and see like three or four holes in the distance it's a lot of like rolling hills and you're kind of up above it all um at hole one so it's yeah it was it was nice minus the fact that it was raining i didn't really have time to really yeah. you know, look around too hard but um but yeah it, it's, okay. it's nice being back cool um is there anything we missed that you wanted to shout out about ledstone otherwise we've done this with you in the past we've taken it to the game show statter fiction and you i think you're undefeated but before we get to that is there anything that we like missed that you're like hey this was relevant to this last weekend or are we good no, I think I think we're good. You know, I yeah, it's it's one of the events that I've that I've wanted to okay. win. Um, it's one that I've you know I, I it I went on tour in twenty in the middle of twenty eighteen, and um, you know a few months into tour is when my first Ledgestone happened, and I believe I made lead card for maybe the third round, and it was my first you know first time on tour, and so. Um, it sort of always felt like an event that I could play well at and uh, potentially win. So to finally be able to do it really, really, really feels good. And um, also I'm newly team Ledgestone at the beginning of the year. Ooh. I joined team Ledgestone. So that was just kind of another nice yeah. little cherry on me to be able to represent both of my, you know, sponsors and then Ledgestone and take down one of their flagship events. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, and, and you're like, Tom, we're eating steaks tonight. <laughs> pretty, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much I nailed it. Okay, Evan, we're going to throw it over to you here. We're going to actually start it up. Ben, kick it off. Stat or Fiction. Stat or Fiction, presented by Stat Mando. Okay. Every time Missy's come on, she's beaten us, but we still invite her on. Hey, clear those points out. We're giving her an advantage already. <laughs> yeah, come on, Ben. <laughs> All right, Evan, give it to us. All right. So, Missy, you might have heard it at your in your interview after you won, but Brian Earhart told you that you were the seventh unique uh, woman to win an Elite Series or Major this season. Um, I don't know if you know that that is the most ever um, in FPO. Uh, seven breaks the record. We've never seen seven unique women win before. Uh, mm -hmm. So the stat or fiction, um, which it'll start with Matt anyways, but um, uh, <laughs> this broke the previous record of six which was first set in 2017. So it was oh, 2017 man. the first time we saw six unique FPO winners for elite series and majors. I'm just going to come out of the gate and say fiction, and I'm not going to elaborate right now. I'm going to just make it simple. We're going to go with Ben, and then Missy can go last. Intern Ben, everybody, joining the game show. Go ahead, Let's, Let's go. go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go stat. Seems, seems statish. He's going for the points. No kidding. All right, Missy, you're up. What do you think? 2017 was that the was that the six winner season, the first one? Gosh, I still feel like it was a page domination year. Right. Um, she won <laughs> that year. 
um, along with probably almost everything else. So I'm going to say fiction. I, I agree with that. That's why I said fiction. I'm thinking it's like 19 or, yeah, 18, 19, I don't know. Give it to us, Evan. All right. This is a stat. Oh, man. And I did not think of grabbing who the unique women were. Yeah. Uh, so that's on me. Okay. Um, but we'll I will say there was six unique winners from 15 events. Um, this year we've, uh, it, it also happened in 2021. We saw six unique winners last year from 16 events. This year we're already up to 14 events. Yeah. Um, we're getting towards the end of the season, which is crazy. And now we just hit seven. So seven, 2017 was the first year to set that six uh, unique winner mark. Wow. All right, Missy. Intern Ben coming in hot. <laughs> Let's go. All right, here we go. All right. So we mentioned earlier that Ricky Wysocki now has a uh, three straight streak of winning Ledgestone. Of course, that's with an asterisk with 2021. <laughs> yes. uh, the stat or fiction is he has uh, finished inside the top 10 every single year he's played Ledgestone. Ooh. Every year? Uh, every ben is up. Year. Ben is up. Every year, every year, he's like played since it. he was like born, no, like, since he's played it. No, I know yeah, right? that he's played. Well, that's it, a yes. lot. Um, I'm gonna say stat. All right, Missy, you're up. Oh, <laughs> the pressure. She's like, I just won. I don't need this pressure. <laughs> um, I will say stat as well. I'm going fiction. It's teetering in my mind. I feel like there was a, a tournament where he was way too far back where I remember I was like, there's no way he's catching Paul. And I thought it was significant amount of strokes. I, that's the only thing I'm going off of. I, it's going to be close if not. So fiction for me. All right. This is Stat. a fiction. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's pull it up real quick. But in 2016, he finished 12th. Okay. I knew um, it was close. But I don't yeah, know if that Paul was the McBeth right. Ran away with it. He won oh. by twelve strokes over Kayla Visca. So I kind um, of called it out. I'm, I'm proud of myself there. I said I feel like Paul was way out. I could remember there was one event that was kind of off. Cool. Yeah, and and Ricky was 23 strokes behind Paul. Yeah. Um, only a few strokes outside the top 10 though. Okay. Well, anyways, there's a point for me and point for Ben. Missy, we do not want to beat you, but we will. <laughs> All right. This will be if you three p on our show. No more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number three. If she gets this right, to be clear, then we are have a three-way tie. And if we get it wrong, if we get it wrong. Yes. All right. Of course. She can play the game. Yeah, that's right. Well, she's going first, so she just got to get it right. Oh, uh, we could play the game. We can play the game. <laughs> All right. Make sure she oh, loses. No. <laughs> we're not going to do that. All right, Evan, go ahead. Okay, so we kind of hit this topic a little bit earlier in this interview uh but here it is uh this is this is a lead-in stat so missy gannon averaged a 963 rated golf in the second half of 2021 so that's starting with the des moines challenge through the end of the year missy gannon averaged a 963 rated that is true the stat or fiction part is in 2022 up to this point through ledgestone her average round rating is higher than that stretch okay. in 2021. And I'm making an audible here. The audible is because I know we're going to actually appease some of the audience here. 
Ben, think up your answer. I'll think up mine. Missy, oh, we aren't going to play that game. Falco's going to yeah. love this. <laughs> We're not going to play that game right now. There's too much on the line for Missy. <laughs> um, and she gets the advantage here. So you're saying the stat is 963 from Des Moines forward last year. Yep. But all, not counting into the season. But not counting into the season. Nope. Okay. Just 2021. So then all this PDGA season. Events. She is averaging a higher round, a higher average round rate. I've locked time. my no, no, oh. just uh, man's honor or integrity here. I'm locking Scouts in my honor. answer. Yeah, uh, a simple way answer. is like uh, based on round down. ratings. Missy Gannett's playing better in 2022 than her hot stretch in 2021. All right, so I've locked mine in. Mine's Missy, locked in. Okay, we're not going to change it. Missy, what do you got? Um, I think stat. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's <Ooh>. like. <laughs> All right. Well, I will say, unfortunately, she can't win because I was locked in with stat, too. <laughs> and unfortunately, stat. Oh, he wrote stat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. That. Ben says that's stat. That's crazy. Green screen's yeah. my phone. <laughs> okay. That's Ben says stat. We all said stat. All right. What is the answer? Do you want to change, Missy? No. no. You could play the game. <laughs> Probably should. Yeah. Oh. Play the game. We're going to let the guests make an audible here, too, well, if she wants. Now you got to think about your total record on stat or fiction. Do true. you want the percentage to be good or bad? Oh, true. Do you want the win or do you want a high percentage you, on No one cares about that. that. Go for it. <laughs> you want to get skunked? Like, that's more of a thing in, in GK skins. We don't do that here. True. Much, but kind, but. Well, yeah, I, I'm... I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a stat. Like I'm pretty sure I'm All right. doing Ooh. better. <laughs> Let's see I, what happens, Evan. Give it to us. All right. I I just want to say, imagine if I did fiction just to <laughs> have this whole thing. Like, congrats on the win, but you're doing worse than last year. Yeah, he year. picks it out uh, to say no, that. This this is a stat. <laughs> All um, right, Missy, you are playing better. But before I say how much better, uh, we do have a tiebreaker between Matt and Ben. Oh, how much better? So. Uh, this is what's that, Missy? I put a one there real quick. I don't want to use zero right there anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, give her a point. Just give her a point. <laughs> Not, oh, I'm yeah. answering. I'm Sorry, answering, Ben. I, I mean, was, Evan. I'm I answering. Nine sixty-eight is my answer. What do you think, Ben? I'm just guessing. That's what the question was. <laughs> You're hilarious. Five that points is the better. question. So Five points what is, better. What is what is her average round rating of 2022 so far? Ben, if so you want to beat me and go under, you have to say four. <laughs> It's yeah. It's it's just in general the closest. I'll say no rules. closest. I'll say nine seventy then. Oh, so I'm nine sixty eight. Okay, that was a good play. He's getting the over right. if it's over that. Missy, do you want to have a guess before I? You're I haven't not even, even looked at her breaker. rating. Um, this this is not player rating to be fair, right, uh, clear right, too. Yep, it's yep. just average round rating of all events. Gosh, I want to. I'll just. I don't know. It could be way higher. Ahead. Well, I yeah, I I was thinking maybe going way higher. I was gonna just play fun and do two points higher than Ben did, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's try like I don't I I don't think it's right, but let's try like nine eighty. Yeah, I was gonna say nine eighty five. What do you think, Evan? Uh, well, what do I think? Yeah, I'll tell you the right point? answer. Yeah. That is, um, uh, it is nine sixty eight. Matt, you had it right what? on the nose, like instantly. <laughs> I didn't even see the question. Missy's and you're just biggest like, yeah, fan right here. <laughs> Matt's crunched what? the numbers himself. I had no chance. So, no, you no, didn't. I was letting you, I just I was letting you go. Just guess. But, uh, 
Yeah. So wow. yeah, you're playing uh, five rating points better. I think a lot of people point to that second half of 2021. Of course, winning player of the year as well. And here you are just doing better than that stretch all year, which right. is a longer stretch than that last year's stretch was. I thought that was going to be hard for you, Missy. What I mean, I'm, you did a lot of work. You're doing it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to be hard and you're doing it. So congratulations. Keep it up. I felt the same way. You know, you never know what's going to, what, why things happen, you know, like, is it just luck? Am I right in the right place, right time? Or like, was I, am I doing everything right? Am I just beating these other fantastic players? And yeah, it was, a, it was scary coming into this year, you know, like a little bit more pressure than um, I had ever felt before. So I honestly, I think that's why winning also winning this Ledgestone event felt even that much more of like a, a weight off my shoulders in a way, you know, because uh, I not only just, I not only won the event, but I, you know, I did it in such a fashion that felt like I, I actually took it, you know, I didn't just like happen to win. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was, this is a good one. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I only say this as someone who talks disc golf. I mean, at some point, anybody who disagrees with your performances, I mean, that's hard to do once you keep doing it. And so you've done it. I think you now, you don't have to worry about what media talk about, but people can debate it now and be like, here's facts. Like, it's not just what I want. So that's, that's awesome. Congratulations again on the win. We're excited to see, uh, I mean, always how the FPO division is competing, but specifically it's fun to see a storyline unfold too. So keep it up. We'll keep talking about you. Thank you. Appreciate You're it. Thanks me <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for uh thanks to your hairdresser tonight for the show prep it was wonderful you, my my pick is is missy to win solely because the hair it's lighter she's throwing farther Ooh, uh -huh. wow. okay. for des moines you... ponytail now it's gonna look funny but it's okay <laughs> ben do you have any missy gannon tour discs you want in the show uh, <laughs> oh, we, we all, so Ben, the running joke here, Missy, sorry, I did this right now, but the running joke is he always goes out and buys yours whoever's the, on our show. He goes and buys it so he can go, look what I have. Yours is the Undertaker or, right? I think it's the Undertaker. Oh. This year is a Thrasher. Okay. Do oh. Okay. Uh-oh, Evan's running. He's running oh. <laughs> into his closet. <laughs> In place of me. He I, just moved, everybody. I if gotta he remember. Finds I gotta remember the tour series. Evan just, just moved, right. so if he finds it that quick, that's impressive, too. He just moved. I did. Wow. Oh, but yes. There you go, Ben. This is for you. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's mine. Oh, oh. Nice. I can't, I can't do this. No, this sorry. looks good. I'm it's not beautiful. as good as Matt. Matt Graham, there baby. There it is. Yeah, Matt Graham, MG. MG on the side. Missy Gannon. This is Ben's. I'm just borrowing it. Yep. Okay. I think, Missy, you have the best logo out there, MG. Like, that's my initials, too. So when I go to, like, Maple Hill and I see MG, I'm like, ah, oh, it's so wonderful. Like, the shirts and everything, I just want to get it all. And But I'm like, it just feels weird because, like, it's my initials and I don't want it to be that way. But, like, <laughs> I'd rather it be, like, Missy Gannon. But, no, I'm kidding. It's it's fun. I just met a at Ledgestone who ran up to me and he was like, my name is M like, yeah. MG too and like i just love buying all your discs because it has yeah, initials on it exactly so that's how i feel <laughs> awesome awesome again thank you so much for taking the time you we should run a tally for like how we feel and show about how easy it is to line up a guest because you win <laughs> like i text you you're like yep after my hair appointment or whatever i'm like yes so good we just make our lives easy so we really appreciate it great interview your smiles everyone thinks it's infectious they love you in the chat
we're going to have you back on again at some point. I'm sure I'll see you. I'll see you next, probably at MVP open. That's where I'm thinking. That's where I am. And I always say it's an honor and it was a privilege to meet you on the ferry to Nantucket. I'll remember that forever. Same. (laughs) For for those who are like, what? I'm talking like pre-tour. I think you hadn't fully gone on tour even. That was like my first ish year on tour or it was like 2019 i was still very very new yeah um no clue who you were and didn't realize how expensive it would be to go to nantucket (laughs) so expensive (laughs) yeah i remember just sitting down with tom and you and i was just like oh cool i just love meeting new people and found out like originally colorado you're an athletic stuff anyways whatever we don't need to hash that out great to have you on uh looking forward to seeing you when you make it out this neck of the woods and good luck out there and have a good evening thank you so much you guys too all right cool everybody missy gannon uh fantastic interview as always a lot of fun there uh good statter fiction evan thank you we stumped her we win we you, we paid you enough <laughs> yeah i mean Under she still table. got one she didn't get a stumped or skunked true so, uh credible but she didn't she didn't continue her dominance <laughs> but that's okay you made the third question too easy come on Kearns. <laughs> i you know what it wasn't yeah, no it was fine it was fine and i feel like it was the right call for me to have us lock it in because well who's gonna yeah. vote against <clears throat> missy as she's right there True gamesmanship <laughs> would have been like, like, no, no you're playing like way worse. Yeah. Sorry, true. Okay, uh, as we get ready to wrap up, because we're just literally about to hit that two hour mark, we're gonna do two things. One is just talk. Kona Panis has been pretty transparent about anxiety, she's done that over the years. Uh, and I've even talked about how I've related to that over the years. It's something that is. I say interesting if you have, if you, if you're an anxious person or have anxiety triggers, like. I say it's interesting, but that's not the right word. It's like, man, I hate this. So I think she's dealing with some of that. She came out recently, again, yesterday, I think, or today, and said, hey, like, I'm looking into sports, like, therapy, like, the mental game, how to play sports, the mental side. She says, I'm feeling like I'm having a big block. And I know people even in the chat were talking about it. Like, wow, her putting's way off, or this or that. And I want to say, I, (laughs) I'm not a professional. But I can remember in my 15 years, there was a tournament, specifically one that I can remember, where I forgot, and I don't know how to explain it, forgot how to putt. Like, like 100% to where I was confused. Like, I would step up to the putt and think, I, like, just do it. And I'm like, but I don't even remember what it feels like. I don't know. Like, not, like, amnesia. Like, I, like, was mentally, it was just, like, it wasn't working. Almost like I could have done better lefty. So, like, She's experiencing this over rounds and lots of tournaments. She says she feels like there's a block. If this works for her, great. She's being honest about it. I think she's bringing people along for the journey. That's a great thing. Good luck to her. I just wanted to shout out that she's doing that. That's awesome. Um, And then finally, Evan, you brought this up pre-show, Des Moines Picks. You have someone that you would like to uh, nominate (laughs) as your winner for Des Moines this this week. What do you think? I have never felt more confident in my life about a pick. Uh, like this is it. Like I called this like like five weeks ago. I'm just like, you did. Yeah, it's settled. They can't win until this point, and that's because my pick is Gannon Burr. I mean, like he's obviously we know how good he's playing. He's come oh so close so many times, and we just saw it at Ledgestone. Uh, but he's from Iowa. He knows this course. It's just it's written. Like, it's already settled. Like, that's how the story goes. 
we can't choose otherwise. So Jennifer's winning. So you guys can try to make picks. Like well, that. you can't go against the story though. We should do some bet, like where you gotta wear some like Yankees uniform or something. Oh, uh, that's too far. No, that's too far. I'm not even oh, a Yankees fan, so that's I a would good bet. I wouldn't even do fan. that. Oh, Ben's a Yankees fan, so if I don't know if his player that he picks wins, then maybe. But I think that's a great pick, and I actually would be down to pick Gannon. I don't think I'm in as a hundred percent as you, but this would be the course he would do it on. But in full, like Matt, don't be wishy washy, like. <laughs> I'm going Paul McBeth. I, I feel like he's done well here. He's got the fire. This is this point in the season. He has two in a row where he's played really pretty good, but I think this could be it. But I think Gannon's going to be there, and I think Dickerson, as bad a performance, I say bad, sorry, Chris. He probably feels the same way. <laughs> as bad a performance as Ledstone had, I think he comes out and... So that's my top three. I mean, is Ricky going to be there? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would assume. I, I don't think anyone's really sticking okay. this besides Eagle McMahon. Okay. I, that's, I, I'm not totally sure, though. That's okay. So those are my top three. What do you think, Ben? You don't have to pick top three, but who do you think is going to win? Uh, Who's going to win, I think? Matt Orem. Matty O. Going to take it down. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. It's going to be his first Elite <laughs> Series win. Okay. Matt, Matty O is a, is a great pick for a good player at every event. I don't... Uh, I don't know. This event shapes up differently. And Kern's pick is Trevor Harbull. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you pick Trevor out of the list? Because <laughs> he loves his breakers. His oh, tour okay, series okay. breakers. Um, yeah. I'm going Kristen Tatar for FPO. There, I said it. That's a great pick. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? Kristen. I already picked mine. Missy. Light hair, don't care. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you you know, is it Kristen's time yet? She's not flying back to Europe because she's sticking around for Worlds, right? Yeah. I. She's I not think, happy, man. I'm going to go. We're going to see another unique women, woman, excuse me, win this week. And I'm Valerie. trying to think who. No, Haley, no, maybe. No, she's already won. Haley's won uh, major. Uh, no. I, oh, I'm you feeling, mean unique oh. as in not just to this event. You mean for the season. Okay. For the season, I'm feeling owned, and I think that's gonna be my lock. But I'm not as sure as I am getting Burr. But I think it's like nice sixty percent shot that somebody new wins. It could be like you ready for this dark Hondo. horse. It could be who am I missing? Emily Beach wild, has played really wild well. horse. Wild horse is the Nick and Matt show. If you go way back two years ago, that's where it started. The wild and by Jerry Gomez, by the way, I think he said wild horse, or we both did. But I'm going. Like this is wild horse cat merch. Like this course, yeah. this course is in that I feel genre of what she could do. She's from Arkansas, kind of close ish. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so is half the tour. Yeah. <laughs> We're all kind of close to Iowa. Kind of close to Iowa. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, well, that's my dark horse. But I would say Kristen Tatar is my pick. It's yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, uh, Jessica Weiss. She finished second last year. Could be Dude, her. Dude, how you're right, but this is is sad to Juliana, say. But I I was Corver. just having a conversation about Jessica Weiss a couple days ago. I don't remember who it was with, but I was like, man, she just, especially the season, has not showing anything for contention at all. And maybe I don't know anything about it, but that's how it feels. Yeah. But okay, one more name, just a name drop. So that way, when they do win, we can play it back and be like, okay, Evan was close. 
but we saw Lisa Fakus play really well this week. It was her first podium finish since Worlds last year. Mm, she actually has the most most FPO elite or major starts without a win. Um, similar, not Medio is up there. He's, I think, number two in starts on the MPO side without a win. Uh, but Lisa Fakus hasn't gotten that elite series or major win. She's won a lot of big you know, A tiers and a lot of big regional events. Very good, of course. Mm. She was third this past weekend. Was looking really good. Maybe. Who knows? All right. And I don't think we said this, but it was in my notes here. Two things. Champions Cups back at WR Jackson. We don't really need to elaborate much, except I think it's a good thing. I think yeah. I'm, I'm interested to figure out if they can get more fans there. I think that was one of the main things. But the response from the players was excellent. And I think the fans' perspective from live broadcast was excellent. Glad it's there. I would like to see a repeat event there every time. And then finally, it's not really uh, relevant as in like it's out there in discussions, but we already talked about it weeks ago, months ago. The Disc Golf Pro Tour finale is not happening at Hornet's Nest. Still no word on it. I tried to feel around a little bit and see if we have any information coming. Some of our listeners feel like they might know from that area. Others might know. But what I'm hearing now is I, this guy says he has lots of information, but he's not sure he can advertise it tonight. He's like, let's talk tomorrow. So Whoa. it just sounds like they're probably Ooh. getting ready to lock in something. My best guess is that it's still going to be in that area because USDGC is so close. Um, so, anyways, I'm pretty sure it's going to be close to Charlotte. I don't know. We talked about it at the time. Renaissance, I don't know. The long story short is we don't know, but it'd be interesting to see strategically, why are they waiting? If it's kind of locked in, why aren't they making an announcement? Like, what's what are they waiting for? That's just kind of my thought process. So, like, hey, everybody, you want to play the finale? Surprise! It's a different place than you all were practicing for. It's in, in the Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool but hey i got one more like 60 second topic if i can jump into it i hear a lot of people talking about northwood hole 12 for the okay. mpo how it should be a par six it averages 6.8 or whatever and to that i say nonsense i i'm so over it at this point uh it's it's one of those holes <laughs> where like yeah the bottom of the field does very poorly at it yeah but when you get to the top of the field they can do it just fine. Yeah, it's still a hard hole. Uh, so what do you do? You Look like at the a, top 20, top 25, and you say it's a fine hole? I, I'm looking at just 1030 rated players okay. or higher. Okay. And it averaged, let's see, 5.55, which, yeah, that's harder than par. But let's say we push it to a par 6. Now, um, it's going to – a par or better is going to be like 92 – percent of people like no one's gonna bogey it sure you'll still have the difference of birdie or uh par More but it's just like less interesting compared to what that course is where there's not a lot of birdie opportunities it'd be like the last year it would have been the easiest course for 1030 rated players this year would have been the third easiest hole and for how signature that hole is for being this crazy complex hole to then be the third easiest hole for these set of players nah that's that's not it so nah. i you <laughs> nah. yeah it's cool it's a good it's it's a tough hole getting par feels good but i'm just i'm putting an end I, to calling yeah. it a par six like i'm not about that i know par is a big conversation and it has to do with media it has to do with fans 
has to do with players at some level. But in the end, shout out to Kent Chapman in the chat, longtime <laughs> listener, way back at the beginning. He's like, I'm pretty sure, like, it doesn't really matter what par is. It's the best overall score. And I try to teach my kids that because at a junior level, you, some of these holes are way unreachable. I say, you got to forget par. Like, you play your best shots on every hole. I, I get it again. There's a perspective issue there. But I think you're right, Evan. I would rather see it be a little bit of a struggle there to get that par than it to be like nobody bogeys, you know? So or I say nobody. That's a high percentage. But to your point. Great, great, great topics. We went a little long, uh, but not too long. I think we're right in that sweet zone. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in live. We haven't done this in a while. I think it's about two weeks off, two a lot weeks, of travel yeah. and everything. Um, love to see those likes punch up a little bit. If you could do that for us, the algorithm thinks Smash. we took time off. So they're like, hey, this is less relevant now. So help us out with that. If you're listening in your podcast and you enjoy it, maybe share it with someone that you think would enjoy the interview or some of Evan's takes. I mean, or you hate my takes, so you want someone to laugh at it with you. That's fine. <laughs> we appreciate all the all the listeners and getting to meet people in person is just fantastic when you give us the love that you guys do. Uh, we appreciate all of that. I'm trying to think next up for me. Once again, I'm on the road for work this coming Monday. And so I won't be here, but Evan and Nick and Ben will be holding it down. I'm kind of proud of myself. I built in the redundancy for this show that we needed for so long. So like we can kind of keep it going no matter who's, who's out and around. And, yep. And if you appreciate Ben's input on these shows where Nick or I are out, let him know. I mean, let me know. We love it. Let him know. Let me know. <laughs> and, and we're going actually going on a Nick and Matt field trip this weekend. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, we're driving to New York, Capital Disc Open, our buddy Jeremy Whitaker. By the way, he tried calling me mid-show. Does he not even watch the show? <laughs> like, what? Big fan, Matt. Bring, oh yeah, you're doing a show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a bit, I'm totally kidding. I hope that put a smile on your face, Jeremy. It's a big week for him. Um, it, it Presumably, it could eventually be like a Silver Series event. It's really large. He's doing a really good job with it out in New York. So, uh, and- maybe. Yeah, go ahead. We said it two hours ago, but do not forget, it is Nick's birthday. Head over to his Instagram, wherever. Like, just so many comments. Just (laughs) annoy the crap out of him. We should do a phrase so he he has no idea. Uh, Do hashtag not my par six. Oh, dude, that's not a bad idea. But we didn't give a phone number, but you could go on Instagram and just be like, we could make him say something like, dude, are you, oh, here here you go. Like, are you selling that z- that zone, that green zone? Yes. On his latest post, please, everyone, comment that. Bro, okay. Are you selling that green zone? And then say happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. No, don't say happy no, birthday. No, not just too say, quick. Just, just say. like we're looking at that for that green zone. You we heard you're sell- selling it or whatever. Like, just make it about this fancy green zone. Honestly, maybe latest like comment Brody's, like get freaky or something. <laughs> That's what I, I throw. Just, a, a green get freaky. <clears throat> That's funny. I'm straight up so confused, but. Do it, yes. Just do it. We just want him to be confused. Disc golf, Nick Carl. Like Nick needs to be like his picture. Yeah, Nick just needs to be like, why are people asking me about this green zone? That's all. Like, hey, you saw that green zone, Nick? (laughs) Wondering. (laughs) I don't know. It's funny to us. Um, he'll be confused. What else did we miss? We were supposed to close this out. Uh, oh, I was laughing because someone in the chat, Mark L. Great show, everyone. Pick. Calvin, <laughs> it's Matt, Matt's out next week. <laughs> Every time you're out, he wins. <laughs> That's who I should have picked when I leave. It's like we put it in. It's it's gonna happen. All right. 
that's the show everyone Nick's not here to tell someone you love them but I'll say it tell someone you love them uh Ben you're awesome Evan you're awesome thanks for joining everybody till next week peace out the Nick and Matt show a disc golf podcast designed for you the disc golfer Find the Nick and Matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.